If uh, the, the aliens like manufactured you to be uh, a nah. mixed martial arts fighter, they're like, let's see if we can just turn. This I'm sure. Into I would, a bad it, I'm sure if it would have happened, I would have been much better than than, than this. Much know? better than this. You're the fucking champion. What are yeah, you talking but about? if I would be alien manufacturer, I would be a <laughs> Superman. You know. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast. I welcome you to episode 28 of Martian Mixed Martial Arts. This week, I got a special guest coming, tuning in from the Big Apple. My man's name is Ozzy. What's up, my dude? Hey, John. Uh, thanks for uh, having me here. Uh, so, you know, got hooked up, uh, saw, saw, saw your post uh, about the podcast, you know, potentially having a guest on Sherdog, and, uh, you know, jumped all over it. Surprise, uh, nobody had in uh in the past there yeah man i'm always looking for guests always posting on sure dog and reddit and yeah surprisingly not as many people uh you know respond to them as i i would like but uh luckily i have had a, a good amount of guests reach out over the past you know a couple of months most most of my guests have actually reached out to me uh, in response to my post so you know and they've all turned out uh excellent so uh, i'm sure that this will be another uh, great episode and i'm excited to talk about the the fights coming up this weekend uh recap the ufc calgary card that went down last weekend and uh go over some of the ufc mma drama that is never ending in the world of mma so to start things off, let's talk about this Calgary card. And man, uh, what'd you think of the card? Oh, card card was awesome. Obviously, you know, top top of the card with uh, Alvarez and uh, and Poirier uh, rematching, and you had Aldo, you know, pull off that sick finish uh, with with that body shot. That uh, you know, I don't know if you've you've gotten you know hit with one of those yet. Uh, you know, that just takes your soul out of your body. But uh, that was a you know absolute sick finish. And then. Um, also loved watching uh, Alexander Hernandez. Was really really impressed with him, and uh, you know I think that guy you know definitely a top ten, top ten guy uh, you know for for quite a few years uh, he'll develop into. Yeah, a lot of bright spots in this card. I agree with what you said. Uh, yeah, I, I have been dropping body shots in sparring when we're going like thirty percent with like sixteen ounce gloves on, and I'm to the point where I'm still like you know spitting my mouthpiece out and and uh, g- gasping for breath. So I have no idea. Uh, you know, I can't even imagine the difference between that oh. and uh, Jose Aldo's four ounce <laughs> body shot, uh, full torque. Just you know, he he dug deep in that fight, and uh, he was he was hurt. I thought he was hurt pretty bad man i was i was scared i mean i was on aldo uh you know just his money line and you know just being a gigantic fan of the fucker you know wearing his t-shirt when the fight was happening i i I was i was terrified i thought he was gone uh and then he pulled that shit off and it was it was absolutely insane Um, yeah yeah for sure i was i was waiting for i was thinking you know they they flurried a bit with each other and i you know i I thought i thought i saw aldo like you know a little you know a little slow and stuff and maybe a little little fatigue so i was waiting to see you know stevens just you know wrap him you know wrap a left hook around just like he did at emmett on emmett and just putting him out but uh you know he pulled it out dug deep and uh 
and I don't know. I don't know where he goes from here. I w- I'd love to see him, you know, move up and, you know, maybe take like a fun fight at lightweight or something like that. Uh, while all the, you know, everything's getting settled with Holloway and, and Ortega. But I mean, you know, Ortega gets that trap and, he, you know, we got, you know, Aldo still has uh, some life, I guess. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I don't, I don't think that he's at championship caliber anymore. Even though that fight was amazing and it was a great finish, I think it kind of exposed that uh, his chin is just, you know, nowhere near the same as it was. And if, you know, I think uh, I remember watching the fight over and it looked like he, uh, you know, ducked under one of Jeremy Stevens' hooks and the punch, like, grazed the back of his uh, head around his temple area. And that just really, really wobbled him. Uh, you know, when he used to eat just overhand rights from Chad Mendez and anyone who would throw him at him. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, so his chin is definitely changing. Uh, I, I, great idea about the fun fights at lightweight. You know, we've all wanted to see him fight Anthony Pettis. He has, you know, uh, a lot of good options. I think even at featherweight, there's a couple good rematches. You know, the Mendez fight would be fun, and uh, you know, but uh, as far as uh, the championship, uh, I, I hope that uh, he doesn't fight for a championship again. Um, I just, like I said, I think that that. That part of his career is done. Uh, it's just like you know Anderson Silva. Like, I think that he's he's not. You know I think Silva's way more down the line than Aldo, obviously. But uh, Silva's not gonna you know make a title run when he, he comes back. He still has three fights on his contract. Uh, so I think Aldo is you know hopefully will mimic that that same thing. Just maybe get a couple more wins and hopefully sail off into the sunset because you know he's already proved his uh, his. Uh, status uh, as you know one of the top five pound for pound fighters ever I think Uh, definitely top 10 if he's not in your top five you know that was all over uh, Twitter and uh, MMA uh, reddits and all types of forums just you know just reconfirming how good Aldo was just an incredible performance that was definitely the uh, the best spot on the card I think uh, or the best you know moment on the card uh, I agree with Alexander Hernandez too, man. That he looked uh, incredible, but we won't spoil the, the, uh, talking about them too much. We'll d- dive deep into it a little more. But let's start at the bottom of this card, which actually was uh, a decent undercard. Uh, you know, there was a couple of boring decisions, but also a couple pretty exciting uh, finishes too. So the first one was Devin Powell defeating Alvo Herrera with a body kick and ground and pound. After, uh, what'd you think of this fight, man? I mean kind of what you you know what what i think a lot of people expected just you know not maybe those guys getting after it a little bit and you know maybe not being you know pal has shown that he's pretty durable but uh herrera maybe you know on the other on the other end of that um you know two guys that i don't think will you know they, they can only really beat each, each other in the ufc i I'd, I'd be surprised if you know herrera's you know got any kind of other fight but you know powell you know he's getting getting smoked a little bit there and uh he's like one of those like wiry dudes that you know it's really really tough to put him away and if you don't you're gonna you know maybe gas yourself out trying to finish him and you see what he uh what he did there so precise uh you know hats off to him precise uh, strike there and uh you know crippled uh you know herrera and put him now yeah, t- two nice body kicks that he was hurt himself a little bit, and he yeah. ended up coming back yeah. and get landing two nice body kicks and putting Herrera out. Like you know, not really the highest level caliber fight, but it was a definitely a good kickoff to the to the card. Um, yeah. Next fight we had Nina Ansaroff defeat Miranda Marcos by decision, uh, two rounds to one on all three scorecards. 
Marcos was able to take Ansaroff down in the first and win that round, but Ansaroff, you know, made the right adjustments in the second and third and was able to outstrike Marcos uh, throughout the fight. Um, and the third round was pretty close, but Marcos really kind of lost the, herself the fight by going for like a judo throw with uh, 30 seconds left and ended up on bottom of the round. Wow. It was, it was yeah. like, you know, a close four minutes and 30 seconds. You know, honestly, it was a coin flip. Most judges probably would have given it to Ansaroff because she had the, just the momentum of the fight, but Marcos was still, you know, putting up a little bit of a fight. But 30 seconds left, she goes for a stupid hip toss, and she lands on bottom, and she finishes the fight on bottom and uh, loses the fight by decision. So it was good for me on the Nina Ansaroff decision line, but, um, you know, not that not that terrible yeah. of a fight. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, classic kind of random Marcos fight where, you know, she's getting into the other girl's face, you know, going for takedowns and stuff. And uh, I mean, just I think she just a little behind eight ball on the, the fight IQ. You know, what's the uh, you know, what's the point of going for, uh, you know, like a sacrifice or a judo throw like that? That's going to, you know, potentially, you know, change up the, uh, you know, the, the scoring of a round. But um, I was on I was on, you know, Marcos just figured, you know, she's a super gritty girl, you know, 115. I, you know, I really like people that, you know, girls that are, you know, gritty, you know, in your face and all. But um, yeah, definitely scored the fight for for Ansaroff. I'm not a robbery in any any way, shape or form. And, um, you know, she's, you know, stringing together some wins here. So I don't think she's a, you know, title challenger in any way. But, you know, solid, uh, solid you know, probably top 10, top 12 girl in the, uh, in that division, you know, three wins in a row there. You can't, uh, can't sneeze at that. Yeah. She's, she's good. She's becoming a pretty, a pretty safe bet. Honestly, you know, she, uh, for, she's got, uh, you know, decent takedown defense, you know, it, it didn't hold up in the first round when Marcos had a lot of energy. Um, but you know, the, the latter round, she she did look pretty good and uh, won that decision pretty comfortably. Well, you know, like I said, we you know she uh, did get a little bit of gra uh, grace from the gods with that judo throw, but still, yeah. And Marco, she uh, it feels like she just lacks a little bit of physicality. She's you know and technique, um, but. <laughs> She's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, and maybe mindset too. Uh, she's but she's not. A she's not things, a lot of things lacking in there. <laughs> yeah, but um, she she's also she can beat the you know when it, it when it doesn't come to top fifteen, she's pretty much going to beat any other strawweight in that division. So she's not out of it by any means. She could still beat a lot of girls. She's a win loss girl. Like I think every every fight in the UFC for her, she's alternating win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss. So you know maybe she'll break through at some point. But uh, she's you know she's about to be thirty three, so might uh, might be a chance to uh, you know fade her going forward if uh, she's get gets a, a tough style matchup. Yeah, that's true. And man, that hair is just oh, I hate it. So so bright. <laughs> um, Next fight, we had Dustin Ortiz defeating uh, Matthias Nicolau by knockout in the first round. Uh, Ortiz, pretty big underdog, or a decent-sized underdog, around like plus 180, I think he hovered around all week. I think he might have closed a little around plus uh, 160, but, uh, you know, Matthias Mathias Nicolau looked really good in his last fight. Uh, Ortiz looked, you know, decent. He, he snuck away a win against Pantoja. A lot of people think he didn't win that fight, and a lot of people were pretty confident in Nicolau, but... Ortiz landed a massive head kick that was, you know, partially blocked by Nicolau, but, you know, yeah. it somehow still did a lot of damage to put Nicolau on his butt, and he ended up getting finished off with some ground and pound after that. So, very impressive Savage. performance from Dustin Ortiz. Yeah. Savage, savage ground and pound. But, uh, I mean, how about Dustin Ortiz? Two head kick knockouts. Uh, 
you know, in the in that division and stuff. So that dude's the ultimate grinder, like you said. Um, Nikolaou, I think, opened up like minus one eighty five, and you know he got you know bet up down up up to like two seventy minus two seventy minus two forty five, and then a lot of Ortiz action did come in, and I think he he closed like plus one seventy one eighty, like you said. Um, you know, Nikola was a guy that everybody, a lot of people were confident in, and you know, we're thinking he's going to be a you know a title challenger. Uh, you know, going you know pretty re- you know not not too far down the road, and you know just got caught. I guess you know he uh, you know not much was going on in general, and you know he cracked that head kick, so took that first uh, first L in the UFC, and you know I'm, I'm sure he'll be back, young dude. I think he's like 25, 26, but uh, you know good for TDs guy. Uh, you know guys uh guys coming back up you know can't can't keep that dude down yeah for sure he's looking look very good you know like you said just such a nasty not knockout powerful head kick rare flyweight one of the few guys who's knocking people out of the flyweight um yeah. next yeah fight. i said two head kick knockouts uh, i was mistaken i mean the sandoval like the that super quick knockout that he uh that he got the other time but like two two out of his last three fights like first round knockouts so yeah i was thinking uh, i was thinking he had another uh another head kick knockout but i must be thinking of somebody else uh, uh what happened another I, fight. I think i was yeah what happened i was on the same page as you he got head kicked by brandon moreno and then choked out so i think that's what we were thinking uh thinking about uh, yeah. more likely uh, i feel like this you usc 185 then who did he uh it, it, did he fight someone? No, this I remember this fight was at UFC 185. Let me uh, let me check the uh, the Wikipedia page. It was it was uh, a flyweight head kick knockout. Let me check. Uh, Ryan ben, Ryan Benoit. That's who it was. Uh, I got that mixed up. Ryan, very oh, very yeah. Yeah. S- some margin, but um, yeah, Ortiz is looking good. Definitely cracked the top ten for sure. Or, yeah, he probably already was honestly. But uh, next fight we had Caitlin Chukigan defeat Alexis Davis. Uh, you know. Three, uh, three to zero on one card, two to one on the others. Uh, Chukigan just really butchered up uh, Alexis Davis at distance. She's got really good uh, kickboxing. You know, the ish ish was in full uh, power that night, and Chukigan <laughs> classic. Chukigan <laughs> came away with the win. Not too excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean Chukigan, not the most exciting girl. You know, trains in the Northeast. I, I think I've actually seen her live. Uh, one or two fights in uh at CFFC and, and all, but uh, you know she's she she's got a you know a skill set that you know works for her. She you know she she peppers out you know a lot of volume on the feet and uh you know tries to avoid going to the ground and you know uses her jujitsu if you know if it does go there. You know no real finishing ability for the most part other than that um that time I think she fought Carmouche where she lost a decision and uh but she had clipped Carmouche with a with a head kick or. Um, or something like that in the in the final round and almost finished her. But I mean, should be Alexis Davis. I mean, Alexis Davis is you know if she can't if she couldn't take Chukagian down, I didn't give her much of any shot at uh, at beating her. And you know, just too slow, too plodding, and Chukagian, you know, just way too fast for her on the feet. So yeah, yeah, uh, Alexis Davis had, had, fight, had, had nothing in this fight. It was pretty crazy that Chukagian was. Oh. What did uh, let me check what she even closed? I feel like she was only like minus one thirty five or something like that. Oh, I, I was all over. I was all over at uh, minus one forty five and minus uh, you know one fifty, which I thought was I thought was a crazy line. I mean, we you know a bunch of people jumped on her line, which hovered around like evens at uh, for her like decision line. It was like minus one hundred five, minus one ten, 
you know, even even money. So, you know, great, great bet there. I thought, um, you know, didn't really see too many uh, avenues for, for Davis to yeah, pull off a win there. So crazy, it was definitely, crazy you know, something that I like there. Uh, next fight uh, was John McDessie defeating Ross Pearson by decision. Uh, you know, a little bit of a, a competitive fight in like the last round. It seemed like it seemed like Pearson was still throwing heat, you know, and they were kind of going uh, going back and forth with you know kind of wild exchanges. But Pearson didn't really look like he was in this fight too much. I mean, dude has lost what like six in a row or something like that. Uh, Five, six, six in a row, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he, I thought he lost that fight against Hirota. Uh, I mean, it was so. Hirota. It was such a bum performance, but yeah, he's uh one and one and five in his last six. Um, you know, Magnesi looked you know pretty good, honestly. He's his, his striking has always been you know very uh very you know above average. Uh, yeah, for the real life. clean, yeah, accurate dude. Uh, I was on his minus three and a half points line, which you know cashed you know with a lot of ease. Which, man, the, the I was having trouble understanding these lines because Ross Pearson. Plus three and a half was at minus two oh five. So that means like it was like the it was the most whack line ever. It was like you know I'm like and I was staring at it before the fight was about to start and I'm like is something like something wrong here? Something wrong is this flip? Did this flip? Am I gonna get my account banned if I if I hit the McDessie line? Yeah, and I literally like, asked. That be I asked the form. Whatever. I asked the form and said like, what's going on here? Like, what is this? He's like favored by decision yeah. and his plus three and a half is plus one sixty. And so that you know that was the hell of a line. I'm really liking those plus three and a half lines. Um, I actually hit an, or minus three and a half. Excuse me. Uh, next fight we had Ian Kutaleba defeat uh, Gazermadov Antigov. Oh, um, Ooh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I got it. I got it in the first first round. You got it. Uh, man, this is you know light heavyweight is more often than not these 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 dudes are you know just fucking swinging in the first round. The light heavyweight division is honestly uh, sometimes more exciting than heavyweight. I think heavyweight has a lot of like lay and pray uh, wrestling yeah. going on on that, but heavyweight the dudes are just there to fucking stand and bang, and that's we all knew that was coming in this fight, and that's exactly what happened. These dudes were just. You know, it was who's gonna gas first, who was gonna fall first, and Kutaleba. Uh, I think he was at uh, the underdog in this fight, but uh, ended up uh, winning in the uh, the last uh, minute of the first round. Yeah, Kutaleba opened up, uh, you know, close to even, like you know, opened up with my, uh, plus one hundred five. Uh, got you know, a lot of action came off, uh, came in on um, Angulov and and but then Kulava actually you know shot up to plus 135 but closed on five times at minus 135 uh which i you know i i thought that was justified with um Antigulov's like you know he to win the fight he would need to take Kulava down and and submit him i didn't really think his cardio was going to hold up Kulava's been in you know some you know some pretty you know he's gone three rounds or or close to it i think he fought Cannonier uh that went to a decision uh, you know, and another fight in the UFC, I think, against, uh, you know, Serkinov. He went into the third round against Jonathan Wilson. He went into the third round. So I thought, uh, you know, he would be able to weather the storm of, you know, Antigulov's wrestling, you know, and then take advantage, which, I mean, exactly what happened. Uh, Antigulov got gassed himself out, you know, going for those takedowns. And Kudilov is, I mean, the guy's a, the guy's a, you know, monster. He's a, he's pretty, pretty well conditioned and uh, definitely a powerhouse in the division. And, 24 years old so i mean who knows you might see kudalava i don't know if he's ranked top 15 right now but you know that's a shallow shallow division so 
you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top 15 at yeah, some point uh, during his career. Definitely. And, uh, you know, once his, uh, he's got his cardio, you know, fully taken care of, what you said, what you give us some good examples about how he has, you know, shown some decent cardio at some points, you know, some not so decent at other points too. But as long as he gets that in check, then I think that he could definitely, like you said, be a top 15 in that division. Uh, next fight, we had Islam Makachev uh, cut through Cage Johnson like a hot knife through butter by via armbar. You know, Cage Johnson's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and Islam Makachev is a, you know, he's a Dagestani in jiu-jitsu. And, <laughs> you know, he said, he said this, you know, you can be a black belt, but we train differently in Dagestan. It, it, belts don't fucking matter in Dagestan. And, you know, he... You know, just was able to take Cajun down and completely manhandle handle him, get into an arm bar, pry the arms open just easily, man. It just so it made it look effortless, uh, and uh, just you know got the tap right away. Excellent grappling from Makachev. Uh, just, you know, he lo- looked like a pl- minus six hundred out there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like, how often do you do you have a dude get armbarred? Honestly, from mount, you know what I mean? Get cut through like that, and then get armbarred from mount, you know, in that fashion. Makachev, you know, easily the biggest favorite on the card and, you know, justified that in, you know, in spades. Cajun Johnson, like, he's he's not getting another fight in the UFC. I think, uh, you know, they wanted to, you know, get Makachev a win right here, you know, give Cajun Johnson one last fight and then, uh, you know, send him packing. But, you know, Makachev, not the most exciting dude, um, you know, which you know i'm not not saying that i i'm not excited about it but you know just i don't know you know it's gonna be tough for him i think to get someone uh you know top 20 top 15 to fight him but definitely deserves it Uh, you know he only took that loss to to martins i believe where he got caught with a punch but uh you know otherwise been been pretty clean in his ufc career but uh good to see him get another finish back-to-back finishes um, T-Bow, you know, before and now, uh, this arm bar in the first round. So should get, uh, should get a decent fight coming up, uh, you know, going up the ladder. Yeah. He, he's definitely he's at a, a funny guy. He's at a, at, at a, yeah. He's a funny, a funny dude. All these, all those Dagestani dudes, uh, you know, love their accents and personality. So guy's young though, 26. So keep, uh, he'll keep moving up the ranks. Uh, and honestly, one of the, uh, the coolest things about this guy is, so, you know, he said a reporter was asking him. He said, "Your English is getting good." He's like, "You, what are you doing to do that?" He's like, "I'm taking classes, dude." Or, or you know, he didn't he didn't sound like that. But uh, but he said, "Yeah, I have a teacher and like a tutor, and you know, and I learn, I watch." It seems like, you know, he knows that you need to do this shit to promote yourself. And it's funny because there's students in Dagestan like Zabit who don't know a lick of English. <laughs> like like they don't know thank you in English probably who's next uh you know and uh but you know look makachev's over there here you know he's obviously much closer to khabib it seems like and khabib is you know all about that you know english and being able to promote yourself and you know we saw him go from you know uh no english to you know being able to promote himself within five years and makachev sees that and he's trying to replicate that so smart guy and uh, you know, like I said, he's very funny. He's like, I want Brock Lesnar. Where, where are you at? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess the beat the beats like, dude, uh, my fights are exciting as fuck. Like, you know, I, I let my fighting do the talking. I, you know, I don't even need to promote myself. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, the more I, whenever there's a dude in the UFC, you know, five, ten years, and even no, no, no English, it's like, hey, why are you not trying at all? 
but yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what you know what what comes from uh you know Makachev. I'll be I'll be interested in seeing when um when a betting line is you know a little tighter on him. Uh, most you know most of his fights, he's been a, a wide favorite, you know, super wide favorite. Definitely. I mean, there's there's lightweight's got one hundred and some fighters. You know, there's definitely a lot of good matchups for him, uh, especially in the top fifteen. I, I like you said. But uh, moving on, we got Hakeem Dawadu defeating Austin Arnett. Um, not much to say about this one. Hakeem just looked really good on the feet and uh, completely, uh, you know, uh, outclassed Arnett in this one to a three to zero decision from all judges. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hakeem uh, was, you know, ranked pretty high, you know, as a prospect and all. Was at World Series of Fighting for a while. Had that, uh, had that hiccup that. Uh, that uh that he got choked out by that by that zombie you know danny henry that dude that uh fought um tamer dude and just you know just got blasted and then you know ended up coming back so i don't think anybody thought that he would uh you know take that l in his first uh fight but uh they gave him a little softball here and you know he came through did what he had to do arnett arnett tough guy you know didn't you know didn't fold or anything like that but uh you know good for him to get three rounds of experience uh Dewadu and you know, I think he's got a lot of a lot of potential. You know, potent, uh, you know, going down the road, young. You know, still a young dude in his career, only ten fights in. So, there's a great line what, on what his decision. Back, I don't know if I don't know if you hit it. I know a lot of people were, but you know, he was like favored to win inside the distance. And I mean, the guy was finishing fights on the regionals, like you said, uh, uh, World Series of Fighting, maybe LFA or something too. But uh, you know, he came in his first fight in the UFC and got starched in thirty seconds. He's not going to go out there all crazy, you know, looking for uh, a finish in the first round. He's probably going to be content with the, uh, a decision, you know, get some experience under his belt, like you said. And you know, for his decision line to be, you know, I think it opened up at plus three twenty-five, and then it got bet down to plus two seventy-five. But that you know, that's an insane line, and the fact that he was you know minus one fifteen inside the distance is ridiculous. Yeah. But um, I think uh, I think people might have got uh, you know maybe a little excited. He, he is from Calgary, so maybe some people are thinking that, that uh, you know he would come out hot uh, to get a finish in front of the hometown. But I think he you know it's pretty cal- he was pretty calculated. Or they knew how much of a bum Arnett was, but um, Arnett. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Arnett, you said Arnett's he was tough. Good. Tough, ate some shots. Uh, you know, it didn't look, it didn't look like Hakeem, uh, Hakeem was throwing heat in there. It looked like he was trying to win 15 minutes, which is, yeah. you know, it's smart. The next fight, we had Jordan Meehan defeat uh, Alex Morono, uh, 2 to 1 on all three scorecards. Uh, I was, I believe, cooking a steak during this fight, so I didn't get to watch it as closely as I wanted to. But uh, uh, so, what do you think? Of I this think one? you won that. I think, I think you won that. Uh, I, ra- I think I'd rather have a, a, ate a steak then. I mean, you know, Morono just, you know, I actually thought Morono would have, you know, done a little bit better in that, you know, in the fight. You know, me and uh, me and started wrestling him, and, and Morono's guard game and his ground game just looked really, really poor. Didn't really throw up much. You know, I remember his debut fight against, um, against Noak, Kyle Noak. Um, you know, I think, you know, maybe two, three years ago where he caught Kyle Noak in, a, in an arm bar, I think in the last round, and might have, like, either broke his arm or dislocated or something like that and definitely hurt it and i think you know he won the fight on the back of that uh back of that arm bar and you know in this fight me and i mean me and's a super talented dude I, you know i think most people agreed he was a more talented uh you know fighter but 
you know, it's a little bit of a head case, you know, guy's been fighting for, for forever. So you don't really know, you know, where his focus is, but you know, he showed up and, uh, you know, did what he had to do. I think he beat, you know, he beat, he beat Morano pretty comfortably other you know, in the first two rounds and, you know, probably his, you know, gas tanks are emptying out a little bit and Morano did turn up the heat a little bit in the third round. I think that's the round he won, but you know, not, a, not particularly eventful, uh, from either guy and, you know, me and I guess could, you know, it's got a little bit of clout in the division, so maybe you can get a an all right fight coming up, and you know, we'll see if he, you know, if he wants to buckle down and actually, you know, uh, actually fight and get these wins. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be tough for him to get the ball rolling, like you said, 40, 42 fights as a twenty eight year old. It seems like his peak might have already happened. Might have been back in like you know, strike force five years ago or something like that. It doesn't. He hasn't really been able to get the ball rolling. Uh, too well in the UFC, but nice to see him bounce back in this one. Um, and we'll move on to the main card. A, an, an extremely impressive performance by Alex Hernandez defeating Oliver Oben Mercier. Um, three rounds to zero in one card, two rounds to one on the other. You know, he just looked he looked amazing in this one. You know, powerful, good cardio, good wrestling, good jiu-jitsu. You know, got the better of Mercier on the feet. Just uh, totally uh, surprised a, a lot of people. You know, we knew he was a powerful wrestler. We knew he had good power in his hands from his last fight. But uh, we we didn't know about um, the, his cardio. We didn't know, uh, you know, about his jiu-jitsu as much. Uh, he didn't have much you know, regional fight footage. You know, a lot of the videos people were studying were just old YouTube videos, like filming through the cage and stuff like that. But so, uh, you know, this guy was a little bit of an unknown, and uh, it was pretty and crazy that this fight opened up at evens, and uh, Hernandez ended up going up to, you know, there was, money was all over the place in this fight, but it was, you know, pretty much a pick 'em, uh, you know, according to most people, and uh, Hernandez just, you know, looked like a minus three hundred in there, just really just took over uh, uh, OAM and won the fight pretty easily. I mean, uh, you know, Hernandez was, I think, my biggest bet on the card. Uh, you know, I just really, really bought in. I think I got him at a uh, plus 130. He, uh, he had shot up to it. You know, the guy is, you know, super impressive, you know, you know, killing basically Benil Darius in his first fight and then taking on OAM, who, you know, I think he's had, let's see, how many fights he's, he's lost one fight in the UFC other than the, uh, the Chad Laprise fight that was, uh, you know, that the Tough Nations finale. Um, he's lost one fight in the UFC, you know, just came off of finishing uh, Dunham, which which I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of people got a little bit carried away. Um, he, you know, he, he caught Dunham with a body shot there and put him down. So I think, uh, you know, people were betting betting uh, OAM as if, he, you know, he had improved a lot as a striker. I feel he just, just really caught Dunham. Um, you know, I probably, you know, think that fight would be, you know, would have went to decision or been pretty even if they kept fighting. But Hernandez, man, the guy is, I think, future, you know, top five uh, in the in the weight class for sure. You know, his his stance, which is, you know, his combinations, you know, the speed that he that he throws him in and then his wrestling, how powerful it was, you know, beating a dude like OAM, you know, in all facets of, of the game is, you know, not an easy thing to do. And I, you know, I definitely definitely was super, super impressed. Uh, you know, I'm real curious to see how they how the UFC um, you know, progresses him along here because I think they do have something, you know, interesting on their hands. And I don't know if you saw some of his interviews, he's a really, really confident dude. Um, you know, it's kind of shitting on OAM and saying like, you know, this shouldn't have even been a fight. You know, he and I are, 
you know, we're not cut from the same cloth and, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I think he keeps getting these wins and we might keep hearing, uh, you know, be hearing some Connor-esque uh, uh, interviews maybe in the future from uh, Hernandez. So, you know, real, real exciting dude to watch going forward. Yeah, uh, I think, I don't know, I wouldn't jump as far as say top five, you know, right quite yet because, you know, Lightweight is just such a fucking shark tank. But, you know, it get, it, this guy's got me ex- excited for, like, you know, uh, prospects in the division. Two fights, and we're already talking about this guy, you know, being a pretty deserving top 15, top five, top 10 lightweight, which is probably the the most stacked division in the UFC. And, you know, he just got in the UFC. He's just proven us all, you know, taking us all by, by surprise. So there could be guys like this all over, you know, the planet who are just, right. you know, yep. waiting in that regional scene, just killing shit with the skills. Sure. And, and, you know, it, you know, but it kind of makes me upset that we have, you know, every, every fight card, we have, you know, two, three, four people who aren't UFC caliber at all. And they're, they're, they're probably yeah. taking up the spots of people out there who are. So I definitely hope that, uh, you know, we get to see a lot more, uh, fresh prospects coming in and, uh, you know, weeding out a lot of, the lower lower caliber talent in the UFC. Yeah, easier agree. said than, easier said I mean, than done, though. Yeah, some you know need need some guys to to build up uh build up other dudes, but you know I be I mean Hernandez I don't know he's ranked thirteen you don't you know I think he'll jump up above Piesa in this next uh you know maybe rankings update and. I mean, he probably won't. You're probably right. He won't get anybody above him. You know, I'm just looking at the guys that are ranked above him. That you know, Ally Ken is not going to take a fight with him. Pettis isn't. So he'll probably have, he might have to fight some dude like Dan Hooker or, or a guy, another guy that's you know, real, uh, a different guy that's right outside top 15. But uh, you know, I I really really like him. I think he's going to be a staple in the division for for years and years to come. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, hopefully, I mean, we talked about Makachev, you know, uh, that would be a good fight. Both of them, I think. That would be a good fight. I think yeah. Makachev expressed, like, interest in maybe fighting him. So, hopefully Hernandez's game, because that would be a great matchup. Next fight we had, former champion, Joanna Jacek defeat Tisha Torres, 3-0 on all three cards. You know, uh, the minus 3.5 points on this was plus 120. The The... Best Ooh. best line ever. Best line ever. I'm telling you. This is the most confident bet I've ever made. And it was somehow plus 120. Um, you know, so just, you know, a total uh, great performance from Nia Jacek. You know, her, her takedown defense was, was on point. She was, you know, getting her back, put against the cage, and still stuffing the shots. She might have gotten t- taken down once in the fight, uh, maybe in the third round, but... At that point, Tisha had already eaten so many shots. You know, the judges have had already seen Joanna control the fight for 12, 13 minutes, stuff all of her shots, you know, just completely control the stand-up. And, uh, you know, the champ lo- looked, uh, you know, champion quality in this performance. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't know what's quite going on with uh, Rose right now. I feel like she might, is healing up an injury, and, you know, the Andrade fight might be on hold. So I think that they booked Andrade versus uh, Carolina. David. Yeah. Yeah, which is incredible, yeah, I, incredible I mean, fight. Which, you know, yeah, a, great honestly, fight, great fight. I mean, go ahead. Andrade. If I was Andrade, I'd probably I would have trying to hold out out for the for the title shot, but uh, girls trying to get in there again. So I mean, Joanna could just sit back, I guess, here and you know maybe take a fight at the end of the year, but. Uh, 
you know, look fantastic. Tisha shot in for or attempted 10 takedowns, defended all of them, looking at the stats now. And just, I mean, just Tisha, I don't think she ever had the game to be able to beat Joanna. Joanna's a, a killer. Just, you know, you, ha- you have to have a style like Rose. You have to be someone who can strike with her long range to, or just be an overwhelming uh, wrestler, maybe, you know, maybe Andraj, and, you know, if she fights uh, Joanna next, uh, you know, can pressure and get some takedowns and stuff. But, you know, the takedowns that Tisha was shooting, I didn't think we're ever going to, ever going to, you know, prove, uh, you know, Harbrand and Fruit. So terrible. She yeah. was so ill prepared for this fight. It wasn't even funny. Um, you know, yeah. her wrestling looked terrible. Uh, her striking looked, you know, didn't look like she even, should he even have been in the uh, the ring with her. Uh, pretty crazy that this line was only what minus two eighty five or something like that. Uh, yeah, she hovered around there. Yeah. I expected Joanna to be like minus five hundred for this fight, and like I said, the minus three and a half points was just insane. Um, Kobe- yeah, I was. I mean, I was telling. I was. I was telling yeah, just last thing. I was telling some people that I was like, look, listen, if Kara, if Joanna would have, you know, took took that rant last round off a of rose or something like that, and you know, she was let's hypothetically she was fighting Tisha next, and and she had gotten that decision against Rose, she would have been minus five hundred against you know Tisha Torres. There was no reason for her to be you know minus three hundred, minus two eighty. So definitely, uh, definitely paid uh, paid off for some betters there. For sure, I think she would would have been even higher than that if she came back and won that fight, like minus like nine hundred, you know. Uh, but um, moving on, coming event we already talked about a lot. Josie Alda defeated uh, Jeremy Stevens, so the, the most, one of the most wicked body shots uh, in UFC history. Um, you know, like we said, uh, Alda was hurt early and he dug deep, came back and scored this knockout in just you know classic form. And which is overcome with emotion, crying his eyes out. The meet, the second he finished the fight, was just uh, you know he got his ass kicked twice, uh, lost his belt, um, you know lost his belt in Rio, and then lost and then you know got beat down in the rematch the same way. You know, just kind of got you know when he lost to McGregor, he, he he it was you know not a fluke knockout but a flash knockout. Everyone knew it was you know a flash knockout. It happened like that and it was over. But so he so you know there wasn't there's there was never real you know proof that uh, all uh, McGregor was the better overall fighter. He got the better of him that night for sure, and he got in his head and it was like you know it was months and months and months worth of preparation for that one that one time. But you know you know who knows what happened to that fight if it happened ten times. But you know all Max Holloway beats Jose Aldo ten times out of ten, and we you know we probably learned that uh, just like Aldo learned that when he got his ass you know when his face smashed in twice by uh, Holloway. So you know that's that's you know. Uh, not humiliating but it changes you you know he he was indestructible for you know decades and all of a sudden now he knows that he's number two and so he was able to come back in this fight and you know regain uh you know his his, you know solidify himself as you know still a dangerous contender uh, in the featherweight division just an incredible win and uh you know we talked about it earlier it was the best best moment of the card i i think uh any other thoughts from you yeah, I mean, good for Aldo, you know, getting a finish. I think that that might be his first finish that he's had in the UFC. So, um, you know, great, great thing to, you know, come back on. And, you know, Stevens, like, <laughs> you know, I gave it gave it his best shot. I mean, guys, uh, guys, 
you know, not not a title, you know, definitely not a title threat. But, uh, you know, I think he matched up decently here against Aldo. But, I mean, Aldo's just a badass and just showed that, you know, he lost, to, you know, telling people basically like, hold on, man, I lost to Holloway. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, done yet. I'm not going to be, you know, losing every fight that I'm in. I've lost to Holloway and, and, uh, and Connor. That's it, uh, you know, uh, in the UFC. So... You know, interested to see what happens next. I mean, I, I just I just want him to, you know, just bump around and, you know, take cool fights and stuff. So, you know, he's fought a lot of people at featherweight. But, you know, and then Stevens, you know, he's just going to be an action dude, for, you know, going forward. But, you know, awesome body shot. And, you know, lo- love seeing dudes, two dudes like this just throw down. Yeah, just, you know, like I said, uh, incredible, incredible moment. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And uh, won a little bit of money on Jose and Joanna, and uh, you know was a good good night on the on the cards for me. Didn't have much action on the main event, but um, Dustin Poirier defeated Eddie Alvarez by TKO in the second round. Uh, pretty similar to the first fight, man. You know it was a real it was a real dog fight. Uh, you know the first round was a little a little slower. They were kind of you know feeling each other out, but really let loose in the second round. And, uh, you know, Eddie Alvarez, you know, tried to bend the rules a little bit in this one. He uh, was in a guillotine and, you know, looked like he grabbed the fence during a guillotine, uh, you know, helped himself during a submission. Uh, There were some pictures where he looked like he was putting his fingers in Dustin Poirier's ears. (laughs) And Mark Goddard even warned him, saying fingers out of the ears. And, you know, and uh, that's just so weird, you know, sticking your fingers in an ear during a submission. That's just a fucking dirty, dirty thing to do. And then in the the ending sequence of the fight, he had Dustin Poirier mounted against the cage and, you know, threw a 12 to 6 elbow. To which Mark Goddard, you know, I believe justfully broke them and took the position away from, you know, Alvarez. He was kind of developing a pattern of, you know, bending the rules and, you know, breaking the rules at this point. And, you know, he had to sort of be penalized for it, so he stopped doing it. So I think standing them up was the right option, giving them a warning. And then, you know, 10, 15 seconds later, uh, Poirier was able to rock Alvarez and finish him off with, a, you know, a nasty flurry, nasty knees. Uh, maybe even a knee to the nuts in there, which uh, was maybe retaliation for all the, you know, wet willies and cage grabbing earlier. Um, but, you know, just great performance from Poirier. Uh, I really liked the dude. I, I thought he was going to win this one. Uh, only bets on it were Poirier in round three and round four, so I missed out on it a little bit. But, you know, great performance from Poirier. Great main event and uh, great card. What did you think about yeah. the main event? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody knew, I think, that, you know, somebody's getting finished here. Uh, you know that inside the distance line was you know super high but uh you know Poirier almost pulled out that guillotine in the first round which would have paid uh you know I'm I'm sure his uh you know his submission line was you know decently high you know people are probably favoring more that uh that KO but yeah I mean Alvarez you know a, a dude like you know Dustin you know who stays long you know lefty you know long lefty and stuff I think is you know something that's you know pretty difficult for for Alvarez to to handle i think he he tried to switch up in that second round and you know get that those takedowns and all and uh he had him against the cage i don't i actually don't think you know him throwing that elbow you know definitely justified in standing him up but you know i felt felt like poor he was probably going to scoot his hips back to the fence and you know get up like he kind of did in the first round um and then that finishing sequence uh was you know just beautiful and you know you know real real great cage awareness and 
just used everything, you know, you know, punches, you know, he finished it with an elbow, I feel, and, you know, thrown knee, you know, that he threw that knee to the chest, uh, the body that I think you mentioned, and, you know, try to throw a head kick there. So Poirier, you know, coming into his own, you know, definitely want to see him either, you know, his next fight, you know, either be with Khabib, Ferguson, or, or McGregor. I think that, that that's the only three fights that, uh, you know, we'll see him, you know, take for his next, uh, next fight. And, you know, you know, love watching the guy. I think he might have the most finishes in, you know, UFC lightweight history or between UFC and WEC. He might have set that record. Um, but, yeah, man, that dude is uh, – the dude's, you know, coming for it, and he's hungry right now. He is hungry. Yeah, man, Tony Tony Ferguson versus Dustin Poirier is the fight to make, you know, um, or, or Kevin Lee, honestly, either one of those guys. Uh, you know, uh, it seems like it's going to take um, Tony Ferguson a little while to heal up. He had that nasty knee injury um, that, uh, you know, obviously forced him out of the 223 main event. And he's still rehabbing that shit. But he looks pretty good. He's already back to some pretty elaborate exercises. So we might see him in the cage sooner than we expect if he doesn't injure himself in this training camp. But, um, you know, the Kevin Leaf or uh, Tony Ferguson are both, you know, really, really good fights. Man, it seems like Poirier, you know, Poirier should have deserved a title shot already, honestly. But... You know, in this lightweight division where there's so much, you know, uh, you know, what is it, traffic at the top of the division, uh, you know, it's, he's not quite at that title shot. So he's going to have to defeat, uh, you know, either Ferguson or Lee to, you know, get him closer to that title shot. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? Some people were mentioning that, you know, you know, they put Connor Khabib on the card and then put Ferguson, Poirier, you know, if everybody's healthy, obviously, uh, you know, right, you know, as a co-main or something like that in hopes that, you know, if something happens to, to Connor, could be, you know, Ferguson or or, uh, or Poirier could step up and, you know, fill in and, you know, do an interim title or if I could be for the Undisputed. In that case, though, who do you think they would, you know, promote? Let's say Connor got injured or something like that. You think we, you know, they promote Poirier, who's been, you know, beating everybody, you know, three finishes in a row? Or do you promote Ferguson, who you, uh, you just stripped of the title i feel like you know setting that up and you know that decision that they'd they'd have to make would be would be kind of tricky yeah it would be very tricky and you know it, it the rumor date of khabib connor is uh, you know uh, what is it, october 6th 6th yeah which is gonna be UC 228 uh, I know for a fact that Tony Ferguson is not going to be able to fight that then. You know, he tore his, you know, his MCL completely uh, April 1st. And yeah. he right. he had, you know, extensive surgery. The scar was two feet long and uh, a centimeter thick. It was like the nastiest scar I've ever seen from a surgery. Uh, you know, six months is not enough time to recover from that. So if it's October, uh, Ferguson's out. He can't do it. Uh, you know, if you're talking about doing Kevin Lee versus uh, Dustin Poirier, I'm all for it. But I think you also have to book another matchup on that card with um, – Ah oh, shit, man! I don't even know. Let me look, let me look at the the rankings. Um, I want to say like Pettis for, Pettis versus you know I don't know someone. Let's see. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no Barboza, no Gaethje. Yeah, Pet Pettis versus like Pettis, James Pettis, Vick. Ikeda, maybe? Yeah, like James Vick. Uh, and you know I don't know. Uh, uh, who the fuck knows? Yeah, that, but you know what I'm talking about. You need a you need a third matchup on there in case that happens. Um, by the way, Connor is never, never gonna pull out of a fight ever. Never done it. Never, yeah. ha- never has. Never will. Um, Probably right. Con- Connor's the god. He's never even, done. even for even. 
even for even for Dustin, I mean Dustin's fought, you know, you know, if he to be on that October card would be a quick turnaround for him. And the guys, you know, he fought he fought uh Gaethje back in April, you know, mid April. He fought Alvarez just last week. You know, fighting, you know, again in October would be three fights in less than six months in total. So yeah, that's a tough. pretty strenuous schedule. But you know, when you're hot, you're hot. So maybe he'll wanna capitalize on uh on his momentum and you know, try and try and see how far he could go. It's crazy lightweight man you you fight every literally every contender on your way up you know and hold it you know have the belt and you know if if uh Pori has a belt you know he'll be he'll be fighting you know he'll be fighting connor connor khabib and ferguson but everybody else he's, he might have fought already but by, by the time he gets up there i mean those three guys they struggle with activity i mean khabib's fought you know twice in two years connor once in two years, uh, Ferguson maybe once or twice in two years, you know, it, it struggles. They struggle with activity big time. It sucks. We're kind of missing out on, you know, like I said, the probably the highest, uh, you know, level of Shark Tank we ever had in the UFC division where there's um, four, no, no doubt, possibly five in Kevin Lee, four, no doubt, t- title contenders, Khabib, um, Connor, Tony, and um, yeah, Poirier. Those yes. Two. For legit, you know, uh, Kevin Lee's in there is, you know, the alternative in case anybody gets hurt. But um, unfortunately, yeah, uh, Ferguson's already hurt. But, uh, yeah, you got to give Poirier some time off, man. Like, let let him fight uh, Ferguson in, like, December or something like that. Because you know Connor or Khabib, whoever wins, they're going to take a little bit of a, a, a siesta right. afterwards and, right. you know, right, enjoy, right. enjoy their $50 million. So uh, let's move on to this UFC 227 card. We uh, covered uh, that card enough. Uh, you know, this card's going down in Los Angeles, California, August 4th, Saturday night. That is uh, around 48 hours from now. A little less than that, actually. It will start. But, um, you know, this card on paper, it it doesn't look too good. You know, it, it, if here's the thing. you uh, I saw this tweet from Front Row Brian that said, UFC 227 is pathetic. Ten fighters don't have Wikipedia pages. That was his, <laughs> that was his his justification. His barometer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I saw a tweet and it says, it says as if a fucking Wikipedia page is a measure of a fighter's worth. And it says Jose Torres, Shaman Marias, Willie Zhang are highly touted prospects. Kevin Holland, Vayana, Ricky uh, S- Simon or Simone, I forget. Montel Jackson, Matt Sales, and Alex Perez are all UFC caliber. You know. And I I agree, you know, this is a spot where, you know, these guys don't have Wikipedia pages, but these guys are legit. There's not too many people who are on this card who aren't UFC caliber, which is good to see, you know. Uh, who, who cares about, uh you know, a fucking Wikipedia page? We'll go to their tapology pages because that's what really right. matters. That's that's, that's really- where we can see the real, like, you know, value of these people. The one, the one gentleman who probably does not belong on this card is uh, the, in the first Friday in the evening, Wu Wuliji. Buren uh. out of China, uh, <laughs> taking on Marlon Vera in this one. Marlon Vera, you know, we know him, been around the UFC forever, is minus 550 for this fight. He opened up at minus 230, but... I heard that right. Marlon Vera is <laughs> minus 550. It's, I mean, who the, whoever the hell, whoever the hell this other guy is, at plus 425, he's might be worth a bet. Um... I mean, shit. I mean, you might want to, you know, watch a little bit of tape on them, but man, that the juice era is real, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, minus two thirty, that's a pretty good line. Uh, they're like, oh yeah, people are gonna stay away from this fight, right? He probably won't go down past minus three hundred. Nope, 
He's minus five fifty. So, you know, like we said, we don't yeah, know. Dude, we don't I'm... know shit about this uh, Chinese gentleman. Uh, he's eleven and five, the two hundred and twentieth ranked featherweight in the world. So, you know, not the not Gosh. you know not the highest ranking. Marlon Vera is the twenty seventh. So a pretty big. Oh, but he's a featherweight, so he's cutting down for this one. So. Might have the size advantage. Marlon Vera is, you know, I mean, he's good. I mean, Marlon Vera is good. Uh, he's not. It's gonna be a hard fight for this gentleman to come in. It's gonna be tough. I mean, he lost his UFC debut to Rolando D. Need I need I say more? He was uh he was he was set up to fight. Marlon Vera is actually in here on short notice. So, um, oh, you know, he's you that uh, Burren or Buren. It was uh, set to fight. Uh, this absolute bum. What is his name? The Bafla guy that uh, Song Yadong. Ba- yeah, the guy that. Yeah, the guy that Song Yadong styled on in his uh, <laughs> debut fight uh, last year. I mean, this guy. I. I mean, this other dude. Poor dude. I mean, I. I don't like to 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 shit on dudes too much, but he's just like not even close to being UFC caliber. So, Uligi. you know, the level that he's going up from fighting, you know, pr- you know, potentially that guy to fighting uh, Vera is just a huge step up. And I, I'd be surprised uh, if he, uh, you know, if he did, if he did much here uh, against, uh, against Vera, but I mean, it's the fight world. Who knows? Dude might have some sick, uh, sick I striking, cheer- but I, I really don't think so. Uligi. If he lost him. Oh man, I don't know if if he lost to Rolando D on the feet, like there's no yeah, way he's beating Marlon that's, Vera. That's but. true. He, uh, Crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Here's a fun fact from BetMMA.tips: uh, the biggest underdog on the card, Wuliji Beren, uh, at odds of you know plus four twenty five. If he should manage to win, he would be the fifteenth biggest underdog to win in the past five years. So that's interesting. Uh, that Good. fight is taking place at Bantamweight. There are five Bantamweight fights on this card, so, um, you know, obviously the title is uh, Bantamweight. I don't know if the UFC plans this accordingly or it just happens this way, but a lot of Bantamweight action on this card. So we've talked about it enough about this one. You know, Marlon Vera, obviously very heavy favorite. This one should get this one done. It would take a Wuliji miracle for uh, Wuliji to win. <laughs> um, next fight, oh, boy, Danielle Taylor. Uh, we're talking about UFC quality. She's nowhere near it. Sorry about it. Five foot. Uh, um, she's taking on Zhang Weili, who is a uh, Chinese. Um, what is it? Not a gentleman. I don't even know what to call a lady. <laughs> lady. She's the number one ranked women a uh, woman uh, strawweight in China. So uh, you know, Danielle Taylor is just terrible. She she punches the air. She's just a total like push against the cage uh fighter you know her fight against marion Mraz is uh the worst fight ever in the history of uh ever um you know she's somehow racked up a win against uh siho si he ham you know not good competition and jessica penny who's not not uh you know closer to decent than C C he ham is uh lost her last fight to aldridge but you know taylor is just terrible uh i imagine that they're giving her that they're giving uh this zhang girl you know a a girl with a a bit of ufc experience to get a a shiny first win on her record but she's 16 and 1 she lost her first fight back in 2013 and won 16 in a row since then um, you know, looking at the records of the girls she's fought, obviously not going to be the best. Uh, it's pretty low level competition in China, but you know, it, all of them, you know, or most of them have you know winning records, good uh, bit of experience, so it's not a total can crusher. So, seems like Zhang should win this one uh, early, or um, or easily. 
excuse me, the line uh, opened up at minus 245 for Zhang, plus 175 for Taylor, and the money's coming in on Zhang to better down to minus 260. So have you uh, any, any opinion on this fight? I mean, Danielle Taylor, I hate watching Danielle Taylor fight. I, you know, I could i was looking it was real funny i was i was just curious i was wanting to look back at her fight history and um you know went to her ufc page and you know how they do a little skill breakdown and stuff under summary of you know her skill breakdown what she thinks she is she put well-rounded and i will say danielle taylor is you know she just she's five foot nothing you know hits hits decently hard i guess but um just not ufc caliber i think she's she's one of the girls that uh thrives on you know she's you know she's definitely a you know strong girl physical and stuff so i think she wins a lot or the fights that she does win are, are because of that but you know not a lot of depth and skill and you know just throws right hands and you know a flurry or two that mostly hit air most of the time i think zang comes in here and you know she I, from the fights that i've watched she looks like she has a pretty well-rounded uh, attack you know really really good leg kicks and, and a decent ground game too i think zan comes in here and you know and beats her it's just you know what happens is she finish her at some point or does she uh does she cruise the decision i'm gonna say she probably you know catches a submission i think if she if she chooses to grapple um i doubt that she would finish her on the feet but i think she maybe you know catches like a guillotine or something like that at some point in the uh in the fight she reminds me of like a cardio kickboxing teacher who and someone was like you're really good at this like you should do it for real and she's like oh i should do it i should and then it's like got in uh, mma that way i don't know just something about the look on her face is just like helpless um so uh not, not we won't talk about that worthless fight too much we'll probably uh, Oh, this next one, though, I'm, I'm very interested in watching this next one. Hell of a fight. Uh, flyweight showdown between Jose Shorty uh, Torres, who is 8-0, uh, won his last fight in his UFC debut, and taking on Alex Perez, who is 20-4. and uh, You know, Alex Perez uh, also has a, a bit of uh, UFC experience, was on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, you know, secured his choke on that, ended up getting a uh, chance in the UFC, got another choke, and uh, won his last fight against a, re- uh, a, a decent wrestler in Eric Shelton. You know, he's been pretty active. You know, this is going to be his fourth fight within a year. And, uh, you know, Torres, his last fight was, you know, a bit of a, an, a pretty a pretty exciting, a little bit of a banger. And he kind of caught a, caught a break in this one because Jared Brooks was, you know, it seemed like he was on his way to winning this fight uh, on the upset for uh, upsetting Shorty Torres. But uh, he went, got too, got, too, <laughs> got too overzealous with a takedown, picked uh, uh, Torres up and slammed him so hard he knocked himself out. So that was pretty funny, really memorable finish. Uh, but, you know, that fight didn't really didn't really look too good for Torres, man. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to look a little bit better than, in this one. So you're looking forward to this one. Uh, uh, you know, what makes you uh, excited for it and who do you think is going to get the W? I do love the fight. Uh, both of them opened up minus one twenty um, against each other. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of uh, Shorty Torres and uh, Titan FC and all. You know, notorious uh, slow starter, like you said in that uh, Brooks fight. He uh, he got hit with a with a beautiful spinning back fist that uh, that Brooks uh, Brooks threw and you know landed and, and and definitely dropped him and you know had his back taken in the first round and just was not looking very good you know he was turning it up I'll give him credit in the in the second round but uh but 
you know, Brooks is. I mean, and Brooks is, I rate Brooks real highly. He's uh, a little tiny dude, but, you know, he brings a good cardio and, you know, has great wrestling. But, um, I mean, I'm like, I like Perez here, you know. Uh, you know, he's at minus 135 right now, but Perez, really well-rounded game, really good takedowns, and, you know, he, he chains his uh, – his grappling attack really, really well. So I think, you know, Torres, he, I've seen in this, even in his Titan FC fights, he, he starts off real slow. And, you know, I don't think he's fought a guy on, you know, in the same, uh, you know, with the same kind of ground game that, you know, Perez has has had, has, if Perez gets on top, I think he, you know, he could cause, you know, Torres problems and all, but, you know, Torres is a, you know, he probably if if Perez gasses out because Perez has missed weight, I think uh, one, either one time or both times I uh, fought in the UFC. So if he comes, up, you know, in you know not peak cardio shape, I think Torres could uh, you know change his fight in the last uh, second half and and have uh, some success. But I'm liking Torres here. I mean, I'm liking uh, Perez here for uh, for a bet. If if you want if you want to gamble, I don't think it has too much value left in his line. Uh, given that he's minus 135, but uh, I would pick him to, to win this fight. Yeah, you know, fights like these, uh, when it comes down to, I don't, if I don't have a strong lean on them, uh, I don't really enjoy, like, watching tape and, you know, theorizing on, you know, who's going to look uh, better. I like to go off of, uh, you know, UFC experience so far. And, uh, you know, this one, when I just don't have a strong lean on it, uh, I'm not going to go force myself to watch the tape. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one. You know, flyweight is one of one of the low-key most exciting divisions in the in, in the entire UFC. You know, the scrambles on it, you know, the pace, the speed of the guys are just incredible. So, uh, you know, and your analysis of it, you know, it got me even more excited. I think it's going to be a real close fight. Um, you know, uh, you know. I don't know. Well, let's see what the uh, the line is looking like on the over under. I, I was I was gonna theorize on the the if it's gonna go to the cards or not, but let me look at the numbers to help guide me a little bit. So the over is pretty heavily favored. Man, uh, the 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 under is uh, under two and a half rounds is plus one seventy five. There might be a little value on that one. Uh, I feel like these guys might be might uh, scramble their way into a finish uh, finishing one another. So. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would, I would think that's the thing, you know, if the longer the fight goes, I think the better it is for Torres. And I think he might be the more likely of the two to get a finish, even though, you know, Perez has, you know, has those finishes, you know, by submission and all, I don't know how physic, you know, if, if Torres can deal with the physicality of Perez, I think he might be able to survive, but um, yeah, I mean, you know that uh, you know that under under two and a half, I think is uh is 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 not a bad line to, to take, given that you know both these guys, I'm sure, can finish each other. Um, Torres, you know, probably with strikes and all, but uh, Perez both with strikes and uh, you know on the ground. So that might be an interesting line. I'd I'd have a look at. It. You know, a lot of guys like to. I would recommend waiting maybe because a lot of people like to parlay these, uh, you know, f- women, MMA, women's MMA and, and uh, flyweight fights over, um, you know, they, they like to parlay those together. So that might, you know, you might be able to get, you know, maybe plus 190, plus 195, uh, you know, on Saturday for, for that possibly, you know, never know what the line. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the the decision rate is around 58% for flyweight. So, um, yep. yep. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to uh, Shaman Marias, who is nine and two, taking on Matt Sales, who is seven and one. Uh, I believe Matt Sales is moving up in weight for this one, correct? 
Uh, Matt Sales, I th- I believe he fought at. Uh, is this at forty five? Right. Yeah. I think that. Let's see. I, I believe uh, Sales is moving up. It is. Uh, it is at one forty five. Sales last fight. I don't see the weight on Tapology, unfortunately. Oh uh, yeah, no. It says, it says it was fight, it says he, it was one forty five. Uh, yeah, so he moved down he from one fifty five in his fight before that, and his fight on the contender series he was uh, that was at featherweight. So um, he seems to already have uh, made the cut. So uh, you know, Shamer Marias, he, I believe he lost his last fight to Zabit. Correct? Yep, lost his last fight to Zabit. Man, though, as tough as the debut you can get, you know. Um, as you know, Zabit is just an incredible talent uh, who's, you know, probably uh, one of the future uh, champions in, in the UFC. So Matt Sales is going to be a lot easier of a, comp- uh, a fight for him in this one. Uh, he defeated a gentleman named Yazan Heja in his uh, Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series. That was only, uh, you know, six weeks ago. So it was a quick turnaround in this one. And um, let's see what the lines opened up around this one for. We have... Matt Sales opening up at minus 115. Shaman Marias opening minus 125. And they're both, uh, Matt Sales is minus 105 now. Shaman Marias minus 115. So not much line movement on this one. Uh, or, you know, it, they, it, it could be coming in both ways. And, you know, the line is not moving at all. So this one is pretty close to a pick em on this one. Uh, do you, you have a lean on this one? I really, I really like uh, Marais here. I feel we're getting, uh, you know, a nice discounted price here, just because given, you know, his uh, his debut fight against uh, Zabit, which no shame in losing to that guy, and and he survived quite a while. You know, obviously not the result he was uh, he was looking for, but you know, fought Zabit, absolute animal at 145. You know, physical specimen and all. So I think here, you know, versus Sales, Sales is you know a guy. I think that dude that he beat on a contender series not you know not the not the best guy you know on the you know on the roster i don't think we'll ever see that guy in the ufc and um you know i really really feel marais is you know the more talented of the two dudes here um i don't really think sales is going to be able to take him down very easily even Zabit, when they were grappling you know marais had you know he he put together some offense and he might have been able to defend uh, a few takedowns there if i if i remember right but um, you know, yeah, I think that uh, Marais, you know, he was he was uh, considered one of the top prospects in the game uh, a few years back, and he he got jammed up a little bit with uh, World Series of Fighting for a bit. They weren't giving them you know too many fights. Unfortunately, he was able to uh, he was able to move on and you know get into UFC here. But you know, he's got a four inch reach advantage over Sales here in the fight, and um, I, I I just think that he's that you know the more talented fighter, and you know if. If you can get him here at at a pick'em price at you know minus one ten minus one fifteen, I definitely think that's the uh, that's the way to go. I would not be betting on sales uh, at all. I guess if you wanted to bet him, you could you know take his his uh, like KO line or something like that. But I think Marais uh, Marais gets a win here, and you know I think he looks good uh, looks good against sales. I don't think sales could really uh, you know get you know work his takedown game. You know I think sales is with uh, Alliance and Eric Del Fierro. So, you know, good camp, but really don't see him, uh, you know, being able to, to hang with Marais here. Yeah, it seems like a, a lot of the public is also, you know, siding with uh, Marais at this one. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting that he's still at, uh, you know, this is still at pick-em odds. 
And uh, I'm t I just want to take a yeah. I mean, if you look over at the bet tips, you have you know 30, 30 people on um, Marias and five people on sales. So uh, you know, pretty interesting. And the people who are on sales must be pretty confident on them and uh, dropping dropping some units on them. But um, moving moving along, we have. Kyo Hyo Kong taking on Ricardo Ramos. Uh, Kong is fourteen and seven. Uh, his last fight was a win over Guido Canetti. Not that impressive. Uh, uh, last win also was holy shit UFC fifty two, fight night fifty two. Yeah, man. Yeah, my boy. Uh, well, well, you're talking about Kang. Uh, yeah. That was forever. You're talking man. about Kang's. Uh. Uh, fight, fight versus. Well, he fought. Uh, he fought Guido Canetti. Yep. Uh, this year earlier. Yep. Well, he had the. Uh, you know, he was from Korea. He had that. Uh, that uh mandatory uh military service. So he was uh, out for was, uh for a few years that after that uh that Tanaka fight. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. That 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 uh that'll get you. You know, that'll be uh, that happened at Chansung Chung. Um, so. That's a, that's a bummer. He hasn't really been able to get too uh, consistent in UFC, but had a had a fight in January where he won by submission, and his opponent Ricardo Ramos though is uh, is on a little bit of a roll. He uh, you know is t ten and one, uh, two and zero in the UFC, coming off a beautiful spinning back elbow uh, knockout over Ayman Zahabi back in November. So uh, you know a little bit of a, a little bit of a layoff for him too, and uh, let's uh, glance over at these odds here. We have Kyoho Kang opened up at plus 175, Ricardo Ramos minus 245, and uh, Kyoho Kang still at plus 175, and Ram Ramos is uh, is up to plus 210, so uh, maybe a little bit of money coming on Kang here. It seems like maybe this uh, line is a bit wide, uh, maybe 2 to 1 is a bit much for some people on uh, Ramos, and uh, what is your opinion on this one? Um, you know, just like the, you know, the last fight, the Marais fight where, um, you know, I think we're getting a, a discount on him because he got his ass beat by, uh, by Zabi. I think here we're, you know, I think Ramos is being low inflated given that, you know, brutal knockout that he, that he caught last uh, fight. And, and then, um, you know, in contrast, Kung Ho Kang, uh, having maybe a little bit of a, of a harder time with, uh, you know, Kennedy than people thought. Um, again, though, the guy was coming off like three and a half years of, you know, not fighting. So, you know, understandable to have some maybe some rust on him. Uh, you know, he did, you know, I think Kennedy might have dropped him or, or, or landed some big shots. But, uh, but you know, Kang was able to lock up the triangle submission. So I like Kang here. I, I feel, you know, Ramos at two to one is is, is pretty wide. I'd probably cap it more closer to like you know Ramos like minus one forty or something you know of that uh you know if if I'm being generous there uh, or a pick him because you know Kang uh Kang's Kang's a skilled dude he he you know they both share a common opponent in Mishinori Tanaka and they both had a you know a barn burner with him uh, if you remember his fight with Kang it was one of the the most beautiful you know grappling you know fights that I think I've ever seen and then also Kang's fight with uh with uh ramos it was uh you know i think kang i mean not kang excuse me tanaka tanaka had gassed out a little bit but you know ramos is good he's you know well-rounded he's you know got skills everywhere and all 
But, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, Kang here can definitely hang with him on the feet and, you know, is, you know, long as well. You know, Ramos has, you know, a good reach advantage over most of the guys he fights. But Kang's a, you know, long striker as well. And I think he can he can hang with him in grappling exchanges. And I think at plus 175, you're definitely getting uh, getting some value here on Kang. Um, definitely, you know, really well-rounded dude. And it's going to definitely is going to make this fight uh, competitive, I feel. Yeah, li- like that analysis a lot. Um, agreeing with uh, the wide line I uh, I said earlier, and we're gonna move along to Ricky Simon taking on Montel Jackson. Uh, Ricky Simon is thirteen and one. His last fight was that crazy fight against Marab oh. De- Devishvili, where he somehow nah. won at fifteen second or uh, you know at fifteen minutes into the fight. Um, you know, uh, d- we we won't talk about that finish because it was so squirrely and uh, silly. But uh, you know, he he showed some some good takedowns in that fence uh, that fight, and it was it was close. I think he was on his way to losing that fight though, and he kind of got graced, uh, got a, gr- a gift from the MMA gods. But we have uh, Montel Jackson making his UFC debut here. He is six and zero. Uh, he's coming off the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, also around seven or eight weeks ago. So a little more time to prepare for him. And um, Montel Jackson, it seems like uh, seems like he's uh, a little bit of a live dog right now, according to most people uh, I've been seeing talking about this fight. Uh, they're saying that uh, his he's got very good wrestling, and they're uh, you know suspecting that he would even be able to hang with uh, uh, you know Simon on the feet as well. He's actually flipped to a favorite now, but uh, let's see, the line opened up as Montel Jackson all the way up at plus one seventy five. Ricky Simon minus one ninety nine. That's a fucking weird opener. But um, so yeah, you know, all the way. So now the line has flipped. That's a pretty big line to flip. You know, opening up at plus one seventy five, and now he's all the way down to minus one twenty. So it seems like the 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 juice is coming in on Montel Jackson pretty heavy for this one. Uh, are you on that uh that uh, that juice train as well? Uh, I mean, so this fight. I mean, I, you know, I watched Montel on that uh Tuesday night contender series fight. Where he, I mean, he was outclassed in that dude that, uh, you know, that he was up against. I, it's, I think his name was like Rico, Rico something. I don't Slavery. know, but definitely outclassing him. I mean, Montel Jackson, he's a bantamweight with a goddamn seventy-five inch reach, which is, which is pretty insane. Uh, having that there, um, you know, Simone, he, he really, I mean, his, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of his. You know, I think I bet him versus Dakishvili, and he, you know. Dakishvili, I actually have a buddy, like a very, very close friend that I've trained with, uh, that I always train with, and you know we, we were fighting together when we were, you know, when I was still active. Who fought Dakishvili, and he was like, "Dude, Dakishvili is like just a tank, an animal. Like he does not stop." And you saw that in his uh, in his fight with Simone, where you know Simone was game. He was quick. He was moving. He was getting at all these, ta- you know, uh, escaping all these takedowns. And Dakashvili would just, you know, go right back in for for the shot. So, you know, Simone's uh, cardio has to be on point to be, you know, have been wrestling with Dakashvili that much, and you know, in that fight, and then still be having the gas left to uh to be able to, you know, latch on to guillotine and either finish him or not finish him, whatever your opinion is of that. It was a uh, it was a good performance I feel from him um, here versus Montel Jackson. A lot of questions with him. I feel he's, uh, you know, he's some some guy who's gifted, you know, a lot athletically, and you know, I th- I've read some people saying like, oh, you know, he was an Olympic hopeful or something like that. Like, 
you know, I, I would say pump the brakes on that. He, at the, I don't even think he wrestled in college, or if he did, he wasn't, you know, definitely not a D1 or anything like that. I think he was a standout in high school, and he was, you know, maybe thinking, you know, his goal was to make the Olympics. So I think, you know, Simone, I don't think uh, Montel's going to be shooting it for takedowns. I think he's going to try and keep it keep it on the outside, you know, use, his, uh, use some kicks, use that long left hand. And uh, and and defend the takedowns of uh, Ricky. I would. I'm not going to be betting on this fight. I feel like there's you know not too much value given the question marks and all. Um, I think Simone's going to come out there, be game, be in be in Montel's face. But I do think you know there could be a, a good chance of uh, you know it's not going a distance and somebody getting finished. And I'm looking at the betting line. Uh, you know the fight to not go the distance is minus 125. So it is. I think the betting you know the the odds makers are on that same train. You know Simone comes forward. Uh, Montel looks like he's got some pop in his hands, and I think this is going to be you know this might be a sneaky sneaky fight for kind of like fight of the night or something like that um, for. Uh, for this card because both these guys are talented both these guys are coming you know coming in with some with some hype behind them a bit and uh, i think they're 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 well matched definitely well matched yeah very well put uh yeah it's very hard to uh you know uh, find some value on this this fight like the entire card which seems to be uh the the opinion of the public as well so a lot of questions on this one and uh like you said i, I expect it to be a good fight though uh, next fight, we have another Bantamweight fight in Pedro Munoz taking on uh, Brett Johns. Pedro Munoz is 15-3, and lost a close split decision to John Dodson in his last fight. Before that was on a uh, little bit of a winning streak, beating Russell Doan, Justin Scoggins, Damian Stasiak, and Rob Font. So pr- some pretty good names and uh, pretty reputable wins in there. Brett Johns lost his last fight also to Aljamain Sterling. Just got you know out outclassed in that fight. Just uh, you know, Aljo was using a ton of uh, kicks, uh, push kicks, side kicks, and all. T- uh, and, and you know, Johns just couldn't do shit about it. You know, Sterling not really the best striker, and not really known for being you know a, a point fighter. He's more known as like a submission guy earlier in his career, but he's adapting pretty well. And uh, you know what gave uh, Brett Johns his first loss in that fight. So. Uh, Let's see what the uh, the betting lines are uh, opened up in this fight. We had Brett Johns open up plus 115, Pedro Munoz minus 155. Uh, Brett Johns is all the way up to plus 200 now. Munoz down to minus 240. So people are pretty confident. Munoz betting him down uh, a lot. You know, I do think he's the better fighter in this one. But man, it uh, his that last fight against Dodson. You know, we. You know, we've we know that John Dodson has evolved from you know that knockout flyweight uh, fighter into a bantamweight point fighter, and you know his past five fights. I want to say, I would let me check his record so I don't talk out of my ass. But his past, yeah, let's see, uh, one, two, three, four fights were all you know close decisions. He lost that one to Lineker. Uh, he beat. Wineland pretty decisively, but then he had a you know really close fight against Marlon Marais. He had a you know close, and then that fight against Pedro Munoz. You know he knew he was in for a low output fight. He knew the judges were going to go either way, and Pedro still wasn't able to do enough to get uh to get a win in the in the, the judges' mind. So that's a little bit worrying. Uh, it seems like uh you know he kind of uh maybe relies on that on a finish a, a bit. You know, he's got a nasty, nasty guillotine, nasty submissions uh, overall. So, uh, you know, uh, 
Brett Johnson's got a good submission game of his own, so uh, I don't know. This uh, I think that the, the betting line's a little wide on this one. I think that uh, you know Pedro Munoz doesn't really have a, a clear path to victory on this one. He's not as good of a striker, I think, as uh, as Aljo is, and he's not going to be able to, to you know outstrike Johnson as easily. So. Uh, I do give him the uh, the uh, edge in grappling if it does go there. So you know, I I, I like Pedro's chances at at, at a sub uh, or maybe a, a decision win with some you know lay and pray takedowns. But uh, you know, like I said, the 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 line might be a tad wide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, John's last fight, he was he was like a, at pick'em odds with uh, with Aljo, which I thought was absolute lunacy um, for that to be you know the case. You know, given given uh how john's fights and how he usually wins his fights here versus munoz though i i think it you know for him you know munoz is a funky fighter um like you said he he i think he does rely on the, those finishes uh a bit which you know guess nothing wrong with that I'd rather you know be a finisher than not but i think john's here you know he can maybe out volume um munoz a bit here you know, Munoz has a, you know, devastating guillotine, like the thing, you know, he's, he's got, uh, you know, quite a few, uh, guillotine wins, you know, just in the UFC alone. And, uh, he's definitely fought the higher, you know, the better competition in the UFC. But I think, you know, for sure the, uh, you know, John's, I think might be able to, to out volume him. And, you know, if he can push the fight and, you know, not get caught, uh, with any guillotines. But the thing is, I, you know, John's likes to shoot for, for takedowns. He likes getting in that clinch. And, you know, Munoz, you know, you give him too many opportunities. You know, I think he's going to catch him. But Munoz always gets cracked in his fights. You know, if you if you look back at his fights, you know, that fight with uh, Font, you know, I think they were they were trading. And, you know, Munoz got caught a few times. His fight with uh, Russell Doan, he, you know, he was, he was bloodied up in the first round there. Even against Stasiak, Stasiak had, uh, had some moments in that fight where, where uh, you know, even though Munoz, I think, was like a minus six hundred favorite, Sasiak, you know, definitely, you know, put some put some leather on him. So, um, you know, interested in seeing, you know, how Johns approaches it, what what strategy he comes out with, and if uh, you know, how Munoz plays it, if he's going to be a little bit more on the outside. You know, he does have really short arms, so you know, he's not really a jab, you know, a guy that's going to stick his jab out there. Maybe you know, throw in some kicks on Johns and maybe try and chip away there. But I, I, I would agree with you. I think this line may be a little bit wide. I think people are a little uh, too confident, a little overly confident in um, Munoz getting the job done easily here. And um, I think, you know, there is a little bit of value here to be had on uh, on Brett Johns here. Yeah, a little bit of value, but I don't Especially think... By I don't think it's going to be uh, enough to uh, make me uh, make a bet on it. Yeah, the decision line, I agree. I mean, like I said, those close split decisions, man, it's, uh, it's you know, uh, I think uh, once the line comes out, maybe Brett Johns plus three and a half would be good because if uh, Munoz wins this fight, he, you know, uh, who knows, though, you know, because he, he, I like his chances of finishing it by sub, uh, you know, that's plus 250, and then, uh, you know, uh, let's see, Munoz. Uh, if he does win a decision, though, it'll probably be by three points. Um, so th th that line might have some value. We'll see what it is when it comes out. Let's uh, move along to the main card. We have Thiago Santos taking on Kevin Holland. 
Thiago Santos, uh, 17 and 6, UFC veteran, just uh, a, a staple brawler at the middleweight division. Uh, I, I was looking at you know his last no I don't know I want to say seven or eight fights and all of them have ended you know in the let's see the first uh, all of them would have basically hit the under I was looking at betting the under in this fight and you know his past let's see nine fights in a row have all gone under one and a half rounds so the dude is just a, a brawler like I said either finish or get finished uh, always brings a, a an exciting fight got knocked out by uh, Dave Branch in his last fight you know that was a shocker he was you know four TKOs in a row over some pretty good some pretty good competition and then Branch comes in and starts him in the first round you know uh, so he's taking on Kevin Holland, who is fresh off the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. He defeated a gentleman named Will Santiago. Uh, you know, it was a he looked confident there, man. He was you know talking shit. He was you know ma- you know uh, doing all types of uh, showboating and stuff like that, and really just picking apart Will Santiago. He did get clipped a couple times in that fight. You know, Santiago was like plus six hundred, and you know he definitely if you bet on him at plus six hundred, you got your money's worth because he had a couple he had a couple moments where he could have capitalized on a win. But Kevin Holland looked pretty good and won that decision pretty decisively. So, man, uh, the odds in this one, you know, obviously have uh, Thiago as a pretty big favorite he opened up at minus 275 kevin holland plus 215 and the money's come in on thiago and he is now minus 345 holland's plus 285 but uh man i don't know i uh i think that you know santos uh his chin got tested in that last fight i think he's always been a bit chinny he's always you know usually gotten tagged in his fights and you know either come back and uh gotten a finish himself or just gotten finished um so he, uh, you know, the, I, 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 don't, I like Kevin Holland's chances in this fight, especially at three to one. You know, uh, I, I don't see him clipping uh, Santos, and you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about this because I, I think that I, I think there's value on him, uh, but I don't know if Kevin Holland is going to be the guy to drag Thiago Santos uh, to a decision. You know, if nine straight right. guy, nine straight guys haven't been able to do it, I don't know if he'll be able to. Who knows? Um, I, I I don't know, and I don't, like I said, I don't see him knocking him out. So it, it might be it, I might be uh, thinking a little bit, you know, uh, all over the place here. But I don't know. Uh, what, what do you think about this one? Um, I mean, you know, this is you know short notice against Seattle Santos. You know, your first fight in the UFC that is a tough task. Um, you know, I don't put too much. Um, you know, even even though. You know, I guess he got the win on the Tuesday Night Contender Series. I don't put too much value in it. You know, Will Santiago is like tiny, like tiny little hobbit, honestly. Like, you know, the guy's 35. You know, not a, you know, not not a guy that we'll see in the UFC. Not not UFC caliber at all. And you know, the guy's 5'10". I think you know, Tiago Santos is probably closer to six one, six two, and you know, super long reach, and you know, just starches, dude. Like sneakily, he like. Tiago Santos is one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. Like, this dude is so, so active. Uh, let me look, you know, in his UFC career. So he came in the UFC in 2013, almost a year. It's going to be a year to the date. He's going to fight on the 4th. He made his debut uh, 2013 on August 3rd. So he's fought 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. It's going to be his 15th fight in the last uh, – since he's Five debuted. Years. So he's, you know, always busy, you know, at least like three fights a year. And, I mean, Kevin Holland, I just – you know, he used to be a 170, 170-pounder. 
I don't know if he's going to be able to eat those shots that Tiago uh, Tiago throws. You know, we know Tiago has a brutal um, body kick, and you know he's just like a such a crazy fast twitch uh, fast twitch athlete. Um, you know, he's coming off you know beating Anthony Smith, and you know we see what Anthony Smith is doing to these. Well, not coming off, but that was his last one in February. We see what Anthony Smith is doing to these dudes uh, at uh, at light heavyweight. Now we see what David Branch is you know about in the UFC's fighting Jacare coming up. Jack Hermanson, super super legit dude, just came off of beating uh you know finishing uh what's his name Talis Latus, uh Jared Mershart, you know a guy that just beat uh. You know, Picha, Pichicata, Pichicata, Oscar yeah. Pichicata, or, you know, yeah, something like that. So, I mean, dude, Tiago Santos has fought, you know, a lot, a lot of top dudes at middleweight. And I would think, I don't think Kevin Holland has uh, much for him here. You know, if, if Kevin Holland, like you said, maybe could drag him into the deep water and, uh, you know, weather the storm, I think he's going to get his ass beat in the first round, to be honest. So, if he can, if he can maintain some, you know, some, uh, you know, composure there and, you know, have Tiago maybe empty the gas tank. You know, I think maybe he could pull off a win. But uh I I never blame anybody for stabbing at a dog, especially some guy that's gonna be three to one here. But I don't I don't really see a, a path to victory too much for him. You know, maybe he maybe he, he can outbox uh, Santos on the outside. Santos doesn't have the best hands. But um I'll you know I'll be interested to see if if uh, if he could keep him off him with those power shots that uh, the Santos swings uh, consistently. Uriah Hall was the last guy to beat um, Thiago by decision, his only decision loss, and that was all the way back in 2014. And, uh, you know, he did exactly that, was, you know, stay on the outside and pick him apart. So, you know, we'll, we'll see the caliber fighter uh, Kevin Holland is in this one. So uh, next fight we have Poliana Viana taking on J.J. Aldrich. No idea why this is on the main card. Poliana Viana is ten and one. Aldrich is six and two. Uh, Viana, let's see, is one and zero in the UFC, beating Maya Stevenson in her last fight by rear naked choke. Uh, you know, coming off, coming out of a jungle fight, she's a Brazilian girl. She's you know got great subs. And uh, JJ Aldrich is coming off of a loss. No, no, no I'm sorry, a win uh, to Danielle Taylor. Also beat Chan Mi Yun before that. So two wins in a row for her. Um, so uh, I don't know. I don't have much of an opinion on this fight, though. Uh, do you? Oh, dude, uh, JJ Aldrich uh, for sure. My favorite bet on this card right here. Um, I got her at plus two fifty, I believe. You know, she's down to plus one seventy five, and I think there's still value there on her. Um, Viana fought, you know, Joe Stevens's wife on in her debut, and you know, you know, clubbed and subbed her, I think, and you know, pretty, you know, finished her pretty, pretty easily. But I mean, Aldrich. The girl trains with uh, Rose Namajunas, you know, has a good camp and has shown, you know, steady improvements. I really like fading whenever we get these, like, you know, jujitsu. Uh, you know, Viana. I don't even think Viana's not even a black belt, like world champion. You know, she's I think more more like a purple or brown belt, and she had success in in Brazil. You know, in the state, you know, tournaments uh, at purple belt and stuff. And I just, I just don't feel that she should be that wide of a favorite against someone like JJ Aldrich, who is going to have a definitely going to have the striking advantage. I've watched some some of Yana's fights from Brazil. The girl is super sloppy. She's like, you know, doesn't stay in her stance, leaning back from shots, shying away from them. And you know, JJ Aldrich is like volume based style. 
I think is is going to be, you know, really good. You know, Viana for sure going to come out hot, you know, maybe, you know, you know, get JJ in the clinch, you know, hold her against the fence. I don't know if she has a, you know, easy in the easy time getting her down. Her wrestling isn't isn't great uh at all. And I mean, she's her one loss is to like some journey women woman uh brazilian fighter on the on the regional scene who beat her by decision um so i'm you know she she like gassed out a little bit in that fight and you know didn't really have much uh much going and she's she always has these you know she's been finishing a lot of girls in the first round but a lot of girls that aren't you know ufc caliber and you know i'm i'm almost certain that you know, she goes to the second round after, you know, go, you know, going hard at trying to finish uh, Aldrich or trying to wrestle and she will be gassed out. And, it, you know, whenever whenever you're, you know, you're shooting for a bunch of takedowns and kind of not confident in your stand up in that first round, you know, your chances of getting takedowns, your ability to get takedowns as the fight progresses uh, only goes down. And I, I really feel JJ is going to be able to defend these takedowns and, and piece her up on the feet. You know, this girl that, you know, took her decision for her only loss of her career is 12 and 11 in her, you know, in her career in, you know, in Brazil. So JJ Aldrich, you know, moons above, above that. And um, as far as class goes, and I think, you know, I really like her here. I think I have three units on her right now at a, um, at plus uh, two two point seven five at plus uh, two fifty, and then I even sprinkled a little bit on her at uh, inside the distance. It was a her line opened up almost like plus nine eighty five or something like that. So I could totally see Viana being gassed out in the second third round, and uh, Aldrich just pouring it on her and, and and taking a you know finishing her here. Nice, I like that analysis. Yeah, it seems it seems like the the general consensus is pretty uh, pretty heavy on Aldrich. It's honestly crazy that she's still you know plus 175 or you know whatever she is now let me uh check dimes honestly and um still one see still nice so yeah pretty surprising so on that money's coming money's coming on her yeah i mean the you know she was at plus 250 on sunday and you know even yesterday or tuesday she was plus 230 so you know i think you know people have been maybe you know catching up on tape or you know looking at the fight and you know i really 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 don't understand why uh why Viana would be a, a two to one here. So she's not, it's not like she's Mackenzie Dern. She's not an ADCC world champion or anything like that. And, you know, we're, we're you're getting kind of like a Mackenzie Dern esque uh, line, not, not as wide, but uh, you know, Mackenzie Dern, you know, would, if, if, if this girl had, you know, a talent like Mackenzie Dern, for sure, I'd, I'd pick a, I'd pick her here, but uh, you know, don't feel that way at all. I think uh, Aldrich, uh, Aldrich gets it done here. All right, and we'll move on to the next fight on the pay-per-view. We have Cub Swanson, who is 25 and, five, uh, 25 and 9, excuse me, taking on Renato Moiscano, who is 12-1-1. One, one. Uh, you know, Moiscano is, is, is the real deal, man. This guy is, is fucking good. He, uh, he beat, uh, let's see, in his UFC, he is 4-1, and one, only lost to Brian Ortega, beat Tan Ninamaki, Zubaria, Tuknikov, or one of Khabib's, like, best friends, um, uh, Jeremy Stevens beat him by decision, and Calvin Cater also by decision. Dude's got really good striking, good footwork, stays on the outside well, works off a jab, throws leg kicks, you know, just, you know, everything you need to, you know, stay away from takedowns. Uh, you know, he's also, I believe, got a pretty good jiu-jitsu pedigree to fall back on. And, uh, you know, his only loss coming to Brian Ortega, he was winning that fight on the feet, he was 
Peace and Ortega, not you know, not very dominantly, but he was on his way to winning a decision, and uh, unfortunately shot for a takedown on Ortega, and you know got his neck snatched, and he lost that fight. Taking on Cub Swanson, who's you know is on the downfall. Uh, I hate to say it, you know Cub is you know a very good fighter, but unfortunately you know he uh, people will say he was winning against Ortega. I don't really buy that narrative. I mean. He, he, you know, got choked in the first round and in the second round. I don't really see, you know, I bet he would have gotten choked in the, thir- <laughs> in the third round, too, if it happened. I don't see how he won any part of that. Um, you know, this, this people say the same thing about the Frank Yeager and, you know, uh, Brian would take a fight. They're like, oh, Frankie was winning up until four minutes when he got knocked out. He goes, well, was he really? Because he got knocked out four minutes in. Um, and, you know, it was pretty competitive before that. Not like anything decisive happened. So, uh, you know, no shame in losing to Ortega. You know, obviously he's uh, an up-and-coming killer. But, man, that fight against Frank Yeager, he looked awful. He looked like he had just no no hope to win. No desire, no urgency, no intensity, aggressiveness. It was just like he was just content to go in there and just lose every round. And I, I don't know if you saw the same thing as me, as me, but uh, he just looked so, so done in this fight. It, maybe it's why this line is so, is so wide. That being said, even though, you know, how, how, how much I praised Hinato and how much I talked on Swanson, Hinato opened minus 165, Swanson plus 125, uh, you know, extreme value on uh, Hinato there, but he got bet down all the way to, to minus 370, you know, Cub Swanson is plus 310. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, you you agree? It's it's crazy. I mean, I have a hard time pulling the trigger on the value because, like I said, Cub Swanson uh, is is on his way out, and I think that Mo- this is Moist Collins' fight to win. But it's not three to one. It's definitely not. It's it's probably you know, Hinato should be minus two fifty at at worst, and he's minus three seventy. So uh, I don't see how Cub would win this one. You know, um, unless he maybe hurt Moist Kano with a shot and, you know, finish, uh, was able to, you know, finish him with either some ground and pound or some strike. I don't see him be- being able to, to outbox or outstrike uh, Hanato, and I think Moist Kano is going to win this one pretty comfortably by decision, uh, maybe even third-round finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, like you said, that, you know, uh, Cubs last fight, you, given he took that fight with Frank Yeager in short notice and stuff, just, just like a all-around just bad performance, you know, not really not, not really an inspiring performance there. Moicano has had, uh, you know, r- interesting interesting career. I remember when he first came on to fight on uh, Ninamaki and finished him. I was pretty impressed by, uh, by that. And then he, you know, he had those uh, two other fights he mentioned, the Stevens fight. Um, was an interesting one where where we, he really burst onto the you know top ten top fifteen scene, and um, his last fight against Cater, I uh, I was loving Cater, you know was was one of my favorite uh, favorite guys to watch, and I was on him at, at that fight, but uh, Moicano's leg kicks were were too much for uh, for Cater to handle. I think here I did bet um, Swanson when he got up to to plus four hundred because I just thought I'm like come on man plus four hundred. Cub Swanson against uh, against a guy like Moicano had to take that, but you know just just, just my philosophy on you know taking taking you know plus money like that. But um, you know it's it's tough to see you know Cub winning this fight. I guess 
you know, he's he's more mobile than the guy like Stevens was and, you know, was when when uh, when Moicano kind of like danced around him. And he's a little more, I think, aggressive than the guy like uh, Cater is. You know, Cater kind of sat back. He's trying to, you know, you know, throw jabs and, you know, stay long on Moicano. And Moicano ate him up with inside and outside leg kicks. So I think, you know, Cub, you know, he, he switches those stances. He throws, you know, those nice overhand shots and he gets real creative with his uh, striking. He's also training with Dillashaw a lot. So we might see maybe a, a guy that, you know, uses his angles a little more here against Moicano and tries to set up some, uh, some like combinations and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would, the pick for me would be Moicano. I do think Cub, you know, if, if I, if I cap this fight, I think it would be more in the line of what you said, maybe like a Moicano minus like 245 and a Cub maybe plus 200 plus 210, something like more, more like that. Um, at four to one or, you know, minus three, 370. It's, it's, it's wide. And, you know, I'm, I, I think we're going to see a, a better performance from Cub. You know, he's not going to have to worry about takedowns too much. I don't think with Moicano, Moicano's wrestling is, good not great um you know so i think it stays on the feet a little bit more and you know cub swanson you know potentially could you know land a a few more strikes and have a better performance than against edgar yep i i agree with everything you said spot on man and uh let's move on to the title fights you know we had two title fights on this card two rematches first one is the most successful champion in UFC history going for his 12th title defense in a row Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson taking on Henry Cejudo um, I am off topology so I don't have their records let's see Demetrius Johnson is 27-2-1 and Cejudo is 12-2 and uh, you know Demetrius Johnson just beaten every single contender at, at Flower you know his resume speaks for itself his talent speaks for himself he's you know number one or number two pound for pound fighter in the world you know, Suhudo's looks better lately. Uh, he's, you know, looked he looked good against Heese, uh, Wilson Heese, but you know his fight against Pettis, nothing you know too uh, overwhelming, nothing too decisive. You know, he won the fight. He didn't, but he didn't look any anything too dominant. You know, doing so. I don't. I don't like this rematch. I don't think either rematch is really warranted. And you know, the fight to make was TJ versus DJ, and they didn't do it because of contract disputes and injuries and whatnot. So uh, we got two silly rematches instead. So you know, I don't. I I think Sudo's gotten a lot better since he was you know nine and zero fighting for the world title. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that, you know, also Demetrius Johnson has, you know, just obviously just outclassing, you know, title challenger after title challenger and, you know, each win more impressive than the last, you know, uh, I don't think Cejudo is getting it done. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Demetrius is either going to win, you know, 50, 45 or, you know, finish Cejudo in some way. Uh, you know, really hard, really hard, uh, path to victory for Cejudo, man. Uh, gonna have to rock, uh, you know, Johnson on the feet because, you know, uh, you know, uh, Demetrius is just so well-rounded. The only way you're going to beat him, I believe, is if you're going to hurt him with a punch. Uh, you know, it's, he's, he's just not going to lose round. He's not going to lose three rounds. You know, it's just, I don't think it's in his nature. For sure. For sure. Uh, so, uh, for so sure. I think, think, uh, yeah, I think if you're, if you're going to, if you're, if you're trying to take a shot on Cejudo, you know, Cejudo right now is plus three eighty five. Uh, he opened plus three twenty five, and he 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 got as high as like three uh, four forty plus four forty. If you're gonna bet him, take him by KO. KO's plus seven thirty five. It's double double what his uh 
his money line is no chance he submits dj and um like you said i think dj if you know if he's able to um you know not get rocked and all everything like that and not get fin- i think cejudo would be a guy that would be able to finish uh mighty mouse if he if he rocked him because he does look like a he pack he packs a punch and he you know i think he would he would push hard for a finish so i think you know for sure he would uh he would be able to finish dj but dj he's so he's so uh experienced that i think like you said i don't think he's gonna lose rounds here uh you know lose three rounds to, to anybody in the world really other than you know if he moves up maybe to where he's fighting bigger dudes um you know, I'm curious to see, you know, their interactions here. You know, last time they were in the clinch and, you know, DJ tooled them in the clinch. Curious to see how that how that interaction goes this time. And if uh, and if DJ's at all going to try and wrestle him, if he's going to try and, uh, you know, get any takedowns here and and be able to uh, to put uh, to put Cejudo on his back because, you know, we've seen him, you know, submit, you know, so many people uh, in the UFC with, you know, that armbar, obviously, that he caught on Borg. Um, in his last fight, but you know, I think, I think DJ DJ is gonna DJ is gonna get another win here, probably a decision, but would not. Uh, I don't think he 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 puts down Suhudo on the feet, but I would not be surprised to see him. You know, maybe land a few clinch uh, clinch strikes like the first time, or maybe a head kick that uh, could put uh, Suhudo on queer uh, queer street and uh, you know pick up a finish that way. Uh, I, I do think he's going to finish him. I mean, th- like, we saw, uh, you know, up until, you know, UFC 197 when the first fight took place, we saw Demetrius, you know, wrestle. We saw him, you know, strike people. We saw him, you know, submit people. We saw uh, a completely amazing, well-rounded game. We never saw him get in the Muay Thai clinch with someone and throw knees to the body and elbows and, you know, bu- just completely bully someone. Like, they, they, they've been doing this shit for decades. Like, it looked like... You know, a, a, a Thai person with 200 uh, fights is coming over to, like, uh, you know, America to take on, like, you know, a guy with 10 pro Muay Thai fights. He would just completely, like, you know, like, just, you know, uh, it would be like a, a father and son wrestling in the clinch, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I with how easily Demetrius dismantled Cejudo in the first fight, I, I definitely see it as a good possibility he does the same thing again. Uh, the line I'm waiting on is minus five and a half points on Demetrius Johnson because, like I said, it's either a decision, uh, a wide decision, or a finish. So I think that's going to be the good bet. I'm hoping to get it, you know, somewhere in between the range of, uh, you know, I'm expecting minus one fifty, minus two hundred, but even so, might have a little value on that. Um, so uh, you know, just looking forward, looking forward to seeing like you know the best in the world fight, man. Uh, Demetrius Johnson doesn't get a lot of respect, you know. He's you know, unfortunately had a couple boring fights uh, earlier in his career that gave him a little bit of a bad reputation. But the dude's a finisher. The dude's incredible. He's, you know, is just the the, the best well-rounded martial artist I believe fighting right now. Even better than DC, I think. So. Uh, We'll, uh, think he gets it done if he gets a finish. You think he finishes it on the feet here, or, or would it be more so like a, a submission? Or I, th- a, I think he can do it. Round, I think uh, he can do it any way he wants, man. He's uh, uh, honestly, I, I see him submitting him this time. I don't think you know. I think that Cejudo is gonna be be a little scared on the feet. You know, he's gonna realize that oh shit. You know, I was I was fucking around on the feet in that you know, uh, in the first fight. Uh, I'm going to try to use my wrestling in this fight. I don't know, man, but Cejudo's got a piston of a left hand. You know, he 
he, he when he hit Wilson Hayes with that straight left, uh, he really really rocked Hayes. It was one of the one of the hardest punches I've ever seen thrown a flyweight, but um. You know, DJ has done this to people too. DJ did that to Benavides. You know, DJ has you know crazy power too. So, it's gonna be a tough task for Cejudo, man. He's gonna have to pack three lunches for this one. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the main event in this one. It is like I said, another rematch. We have TJ Dillashaw, uh, you know, two-time champion, fifteen and three record, taking on Cody Garbrandt, former champion as well, eleven and one. Uh, you know, obviously they fought each other back in November. It was a uh, crazy, crazy fight. A lot of, a lot of trash talking, a lot of lead up uh, going on uh, in the lead up to the fight. A lot of emotion going on in the cage. Uh, you know, comes out a little bit of a feeling out process in the third, first, and uh, Cody drops him with uh, you know 10, 15 seconds left in the round and isn't able to land any ground and pound. And uh, TJ is you know kind of saved by the bell. Goes back to the stool, collects his thoughts. Gets some cornerly advice from Dwayne Ludwig. Tells him, don't set up your kicks. Just blast a kick. And, you know, two minutes into the, th the second round, he instead of, you know, instead of throwing a one-two high kick, he just threw that uh, that head kick out there. It, it rocked uh, Garbrandt bad. You know, sent him on Queer Street. Garbrandt was, you know, uh, you know, trying to get his legs back underneath him. But TJ was able to rock him with a punch right when it seemed like Cody was, uh, you know, had his wits back about him. And uh, TJ was able to get the ground and pound finish on the feet. So, man, it, hard, hard matchup to pick. I mean, how how can you be confident in either person? You know, the the, the it it the line opened up. Uh, let's see, it opened up minus one hundred five for Cody Garbrandt, minus one thirty five TJ Dillashaw. So they're both favorites, but a little more of a favorite for Dillashaw. Uh, I understand that. Obviously, he won the one the the first fight. But I mean, you know, Cody Cody could have won that fight if he had ten more seconds. You know, TJ did adapt excellently, and you know, was able to land the kick and able to land the punch. Both of them, you know, put Cody down. Just an incredible, powerful striking. You know, he displayed in that one. But uh, you know, it's I I definitely would stay the fuck away from money lines in this one. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent. How 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 can you be confident? I mean, they both they both you know had they both had their moments in that fight. This is. Uh, you know, as as a, a, a much of a pick'em as it gets, you know, a slight lean for Dillashaw. Uh, you know, as the line opened up, I mean, the opener is pretty pretty accurate. Uh, minus one thirty five, minus one fifteen. Hey, it might even be a little closer than that, like minus one fifteen, minus one o five. So, um, go ahead and give me your thoughts on this one. I so I was lucky enough. I was actually at their first fight uh, when it was at MSG um, yeah. for for them two and. I my that was my favorite fight of the night uh, for sure with uh, with you know just the the ebbs and flows of the fight. Um, I was on Dillashaw in the first fight. I remember I think I had you know bet him. I think at plus like one seventy earlier, and then the night of the fight he had ballooned up to like plus one ninety, plus one ninety five, and I added to him. Uh, here, you know, with you know, like you said, stay away. This is you know such a close fight between these two, and you know you're not getting plus money on either side. You know, maybe I would have thought about you know you know doing Garbrandt if he. I think he the highest he's got in here is plus one twenty. Uh, maybe I would have took a little bit of that or something. You know, maybe plus one thirty. Um, here I I do like uh I do like Cody. Um, you know, my pick would be Cody to win. Um, I feel. 
I feel TJ and I posted my thoughts here on this on on Sherdog under um, on my profile, Bat Boy JG. But if you want to read that, but I feel like Dillashaw got a little, honestly, a little fortunate, you know, getting that win, you know, in the first fight. I, uh, you know, I definitely thought even if you take out the knockdown that Cody caught him with in the first round, I thought um, Cody was looking a little bit better on the feet and he was a little more accurate and all. And um, you know that head kick, you know, I, I don't know how many times you. Know, you know he he can you know duplicate that and that last flurry was uh was an interesting one i feel but um i rewatched that first round a little bit and i feel if cody comes out and uses that jab that he stuck on tj a few times in that first round i think he'll he'll have a lot of success with that and i think tj um i think uh cody's striking is a lot more efficient with uh with his use of uh you know his hands and the setups and and all and I think he'll, he's going to be able to land on TJ. It was a, a bunch of punches that, you know, TJ, you know, super, super uh, intelligent fighter and, you know, has really good defense, actually. You, you can see it from that finishing flurry of where, you know, Cody's shots were more glancing blows off of uh, as they're in the pocket, whereas TJ was able to to find that right hook to land on Cody's shin. But a lot of those shots that Cody was throwing were coming really, really, really close to to landing full on, you know, during the course of the fight, you know, TJ was having those, you know, those nice, uh, you know, defenses where he sticks his hand out and he, you know, he hides his chin uh, real well behind his shoulders. But I think Cody's going to find that chin uh, a few times here and is going to be a, little, a lot more patient uh, in this fight. I think after he dropped uh, TJ in the first one, he got a little, uh, a little too confident. He got started showboating in that second round and i think that's where he got caught so my pick my pick here is 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 garbrand i don't know what what side you'd be leaning towards if you if you did have to you know gun to your head you have to pick a guy but i think garbrand um you know has an easier path to victory that i think he can uh that that is more likely to happen in my opinion yeah uh, i would definitely lean dillashaw but i don't know i think maybe fandom is coming in a little bit there i think uh you know, I, I like I like how he handled everything with, you know, the snake, you know, kind of turning it as, you know, from an insult into his, you know, into his shtick now. He's kind of using it as his nickname and all on all of his, like, you know, logos and stuff. Um, I, uh, I don't know. When I when it comes to, see, when we can talk about the first fight is, is great, but it, I, it, when the main question is who's going to adapt better in this fight. And when it comes to uh, a- adaptation, obviously we've seen that TJ is the better, you know, better at it. Um, you know, after after Cody dropped TJ, like you said, he was doing that stupid showboating and got kind of complacent and got caught. And you know, uh, like there was a little bit of not, you know, there was a little bit of not, I wouldn't say luck, but the, the, there was a little, you know, fortune in TJ's favor in that fight. Just when you know he needed Cody to like step off the gas a little bit, he did. Uh, you know, there, you know, he got you know absolutely dropped by that shot at the end of the first round. If Cody came out and swarmed him at the fir- beginning of the first round, there's a good chance Dillshaw's head might not have been cleared yet, and he could have you know gotten the finish that way. But. You know, and, and when it comes to camps, I kind of worry about Team Alpha Male, you know. I Cody even had this quote saying, you know, TJ's surrounded by a bunch of yes-men. He's never been, he's never been, you know, humbled before in his something. I don't know. He said something stupid. Does it make sense when, 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 when they train together for how long did TJ train with Cody and yeah, Team like Alpha Male? Years. And, and it, the t- <laughs> Team Alpha Male is like the epitome of yes-men. It's literally whoever the fuck is like their contender at the time they're like, oh he's the best featherweight of all time oh yeah yeah it went, it went from it went from you know uh uriah to chad to tj and now it's you know it's uh cody 
So, uh, you know, they always have like their their prime their boy at uh, Alpha Male who they're propping up, and Cody Cody's that guy right now. You know, they obviously have good training, good partners out there. You know, Elkins, Feely, you know, a lot of other featherweights who are in the mix. So, uh, you know, but so does TJ. TJ's got a good boxer, uh, Cub Swanson training with him. He's got uh, that uh, Takaru uh, Japanese, you know, kickboxing champion coming up. He's, he's, he's got Aaron Pico with him. He's oh, training yeah. with those incredible, guys incredible. at, uh, uh, yeah, I forget, Rain, I think. Yeah, what was it? What is the name? It was, it was yeah, Wildcard card Boxing. Gym, yeah. But there's a, there's, I forget the guy that, you know, is handling his conditioning and stuff. I don't know if it's like Rain or. I forget, I forget, I forget, but, um, you know, they're, they're doing some interesting stuff over there. He's got, you know, Swanson with him, like you said, and, you know, Obviously I just, Ludwig, I don't know. I, yeah. I, yeah, 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 Ludwig for sure. You know, he's splitting time between Colorado and um and, and Cali, but I, I feel like Cody is going to gonna be able to, to stay a little more composed uh, here and, you know, and be able to, to land more on, on TJ. I feel TJ's, you know, I, I feel when he throws some shot and – you know, let me just say, obviously, qualify it by saying, you know, TJ is definitely one of my favorite fighters. But when he's like boxing and in the pocket and stuff, and hittable. you know, not you know focusing on throwing those kicks, yeah, he's, I think he's pretty hittable and stuff. And you know, he he, he throws a, a few combos where I think he he gets a little too enamored with making them look really nice, and yeah, yeah. sometimes he he watches. He, he he admires his work and and Cody's got the you know probably the one of the, some of the fastest hands in in the UFC or in MMA as a as a whole and I think he's going to be you know a lot more composed and be be looking to counter uh, uh, TJ a lot more um, and and force TJ to to go first and I, I don't think I don't know if TJ's kicks will be as effective uh, you know when going to the head and so he, TJ doesn't kick to the legs very much so I'll be I'll be and well, other than the Dominic Cruz fight where he, you know, chopped up Cruz in those later rounds. So I think, you know, maybe that might be an adjustment he uh, he partakes in instead of going up, you know, to the head and the body in the beginning. Maybe he's throwing leg kicks more uh, to limit Cody's movement and stuff. So, I mean, super close fight. I, 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 I mean, I, I, even though, you know, Cody doesn't re- deserve this rematch in, in the slightest bit after not defending the belt. And uh, getting knocked out uh, in you know in his you know only title defense that he attempted, but uh, but it is what it is. You know we got a great fight right here. Cody's Cody's gonna do what Cody does. We know that. We know what he brings to the table. He's a, he, he throws hands. He, he's not the the sharpest tool, like you said. I think TJ's more of a more guy that can adapt to to, to how the fight goes. But I, I think Cody gets it done here. I think he probably uh, finishes uh, TJ. Yeah, so, I, de- I think definitely, definitely someone. Yep, anytime, definitely so. someone's getting finished. The one thing I think about the uh, other factor is in the first fight they were both definitely carrying a lot of emotion in there, but this fight I think that only one person has emotion and that person's Cody, you know, and because yeah. he got his belt taken, I think that you know TJ is you know he might be a little worried about you know his his uh you know getting dropped and getting clipped but he definitely probably worked on his boxing and his defense so much to the point where he doesn't have to worry about it anymore no matter how much how hard Cody trained he's still going to be carrying a little bit of you know trying to get a little bit of uh um 
what the fuck is the word? Revenge, you know, looking for revenge, you know, just a little bit of animosity carrying in there. Not too much to the point where I think it's going to cloud him, he's going to lose the fight, but I definitely think that, uh, you know, maybe that'll maybe that'll play in his favor, you know, maybe this time when he drops him, he'll get the finish instead of, you know, doing that stupid thing where he float, you know, does his hand movements after. And another great point you were saying is when TJ is the problems with the striking and admiring his strikes he does that a lot great point where he'll he'll like he'll stand still and like lean forward you know trying to draw out to counter and then he'll yeah. kind of just like you know throw like a you know one two high kick out there and he'll just like flick it out there it, it's not too close to 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 landing he'll just you know and I feel like if uh, if Cody like you know would time that you know time his mannerisms and his nuances, I think that he could you know uh, time a knockout punch uh, potentially. So, hell of a fight, man! Really, you know, as as good as matchup gets, you know, in the first fight, you know, it was like the lines that you were saying, it was crazy, mad, mad value on TJ at plus one seventy, plus one ninety. But this one, you know, great line at it, set at it. Uh, just looking forward to this one, big time. And then Cody, one, one other thing too, Cody was, uh, which I, you know, 100% excuse, he was saying that, uh, <laughs> which cracked me up a little bit, how he was saying, you know, like a week and a half before the fight, he had to get like four or five epidurals uh, uh, injected into his back or whatever, because his back was uh, was killing him for that yeah. first fight. So supposedly he's healthy here, but um, I, I thought he looked fine in the in the first fight. So hopefully right. he's not uh, making up excuses, popping in no more epidurals. Yeah, yeah. Well, he no, said, no he's, there was man. a there was a a, qu- a quote I listened to him. He said, "I came off the couch for that last fight." Like I don't know, man. He, it just seems like he's making excuses. You know, he's not he's not he can't admit that he caught me. He's like, "Oh yeah, I caught him." Then he I got complacent. And he caught me. He hasn't. I don't think he's admitted yeah. that. You know, which I don't really expect him to because he's got a huge ego. But um, well, that's enough for these two cards. We'll talk about just a quick uh, you know, a couple events that happened. In the past week, uh, it's been a, uh, been a little long episode, but just before we go, we'll talk about uh, a couple things. The one, the one I want to mention is the big news. Uh, you know, uh, this morning a, a picture uh, comes out from Dana White. It's a picture with the UFC belt on the o- the desk of the Oval Office of Donald Trump, and it's a picture of Dana, and it's I don't even know. It says a hashtag MAGA or something like that, and we're like that son of a bitch. He, you know, Colby Cuffington has the has the idea to take the the belt to Donald Trump's desk. He, they give the fight to Darren Taylor. They're saying they're stripping Colby, and now that he's you know visiting, you no know way shows up with him. <laughs> we're like, holy shit! Yeah, this what a troll! What a troll! He really got us. And then uh, <laughs> an hour or two later, a picture of Colby Covington wearing a Make America Great Again hat with with his arm around Donald Trump and the the UFC championship around Donald Trump's waist. Uh, you know, all, all, all honestly, all, absolutely all, hilarious. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's great. You know, it's great. The dude went from like you know talking shit on Twitter like last last year, trying to get a fight with Damian Maya, beating it, Damian Maya's ass, talking more shit. You know, beating uh, uh, Rafael dos Anjos' ass, talking all that shit, and now he's in the fucking Oval Office, dude. Like, man, I I I, God. I love a good I love a good what shtick. a goddamn sport. Yeah, right. I love a good. Uh, yeah, I love dude. a good uh, story, man. That's that's great, man. He he's he gets the business, and he he. Uh, you know, a lot of guys in the sport they don't they they're great fighters, but they don't get the business at all. And this dude is a great fighter, and he gets the business. And you know, they they still took his title shot away from him. I'm still pissed off about that. Uh, you know, 
But, uh, you know, with Tyron Woodley being a bit of a, I don't know, I feel like he, his injuries are a little, little off the charts. Uh, Darren Till, you know, not making weight, you know, he's not, he's not out of the, out of it. Uh, you know, I, he did have a, you know, a nose surgery of some sort, but you know, Colby's still right there. He still could, you know, fight for the, the, the unified belt, uh, you know, in the coming months. So hopefully by some, uh, way of, you know, way of the world that happens. Um, I mean, what a what what a sport! Freaking Colby Covington last last June, guy was getting was fighting uh, Dong Young King in Singapore on the undercard of uh, of Holly Holm and Bech Kohea. <laughs> and we go fast forward one year, the guy's the goddamn interim uh, UFC champion, and he's meeting Donald Trump and bringing and putting his belt around him. That is uh that is pretty goddamn nutty if you uh, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't. I mean, I I know that the the the, the commu- MMA community just you know tends to lean the Republican way, but you know everything I was seeing about this was you know laughing and you know good good vibes from it. No one was you know hating on it. The dude said he was going to do it, and he he made it happen. First UFC fighter to go to the uh, White House, so. You know, love him or hate him, the dude got something done. And uh, here's a great tweet from Grabaka Hitman. Uh, this is uh, he's doing a Donald Trump impression. So he says, "Great champion. Most people don't realize wrestling is allowed in the UFC. Fighting Cody's win over Half was a tremendous, tremendous victory. Maybe the biggest since my <laughs> electoral landslide over Hillary, three oh six to two thirty two. Can you believe it, folks? No one gave me a chance. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that." You know, we'll. Uh, I I don't think there's too many stories uh, throughout the rest of the week, so I uh, I'm probably gonna leave this one to be the only one. The only other thing I have to say is that Connor versus Khabib announcement is creeping up on us. We could even hear an announcement this weekend. Honestly, uh, you know that would be something something magical, and we we're in for a special episode once that once that gets announced. You know, I've been waiting to do a, a Connor versus Khabib episode uh, for a long long time. So um, I think that unless you, any other news you want to talk about throughout the rest of the week, or that happened, uh, I don't don't think, so. no, nah, I don't think so. Um, you know, just pumped up for this uh, card coming up uh, this weekend, and you know, obviously there's a bunch of UFC coming up in the, you know, the rest of uh, the rest of the month. So yeah, just uh, you know, we got Gaethje Vic coming up after this, but uh, you know, excited to see how these uh these title fights uh, play out. Holy shit, we have a three week gap after this. Oh my goodness, that's terrible. We'll, we'll probably have to do a you know I'll do an episode either you know after two twenty seven uh maybe doing a quick recap maybe uh you know if the Connor news is obviously announced I'll have to do an episode about that and then um you know we'll be we'll we'll be back before you know what is it uh, Dakota Nebraska UFC Nebraska. Nebraska. Yep. Lincoln, Nebraska. Going down Saturday, August twenty fifth. All right, Ozzy, give plug your links one more time. Your uh, your shirt dog, your bet MMA, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, I'm I'm Bat Boy JG on um on shirt dog. Uh, you can find my uh my profile on Bet Tips MMA. I'm under BX Ozzy over there. Um, I think I'm ranked like fortieth, up uh eighty units in total. You. We're, we're fixing up a little little error that they have on my account from uh from one of the other accounts but up 25 units uh this year so far um and yeah you know uh been you know doing this for a while now uh you know been training jiu-jitsu and mma for now will be 12 years so you know lo- love the oh no 
love. I got the sports you're in. Uh, I got, in on our thoughts. I got love the. It, it cut, you cut off for a little bit. It said love the. You're probably gonna say love the sport. Um and then but uh yeah great great in, uh uh outro plugged all your links everyone got you Ozzy I want to thank you very much for coming on my man uh great great talking to you great going over these fights uh, also looking forward to the pay per view going down this weekend and I'm gonna sign you guys out ladies gentlemen boys girls aliens Martians any conscious being tuning into the podcast I thank you for listening to episode 28 I thank my guest Ozzy for coming on and I will catch you guys before UFC Nebraska peace. Thank you.